ready, Dan? I'm good. Good luck. Yeah, let me mute. I'm always good. Bro, don't even give me this fucking bullshit. All right, first of all, we haven't, we haven't, we skipped the week, right? What do you got there? Resurrection? Smoking resurrection. Nice. You know what we that's the resurrection the week, of? Do you know what's the resurrection of? What? The Chem 91. Ooh, is that why it's called resurrection? It's the, it's the godmother. Okay. Yeah. You know what that's, I'm smoking on? What are you smoking? Some zombie OG. <laughs> is that real? <laughs> I don't that's think what I get here in New York, bro. <laughs> the weed that... scene in New York is not as cool as California or uh, Colorado. Is, yeah. uh, is it just a, a little, is it a legit OG or is it just a rename? It like, I mean, is it just a renamed bullshit or is it? Man, you tell me. Am I, you think I'm getting legit OG in New York? I don't, sometimes, dude. There's some Who great I, weed out of New York. No, the only dude that would be able to get that for me is you. <laughs> I figure being all fucking rock star famous and shit. You get all the plugs. I'm not. You're a rock no, star famous. No, bro. it's true, actually. I learned that when I first went out with you that, like, y'all weren't getting hooked up. <laughs> like, it, it wasn't very good. You were the first, bro. You were the first, dude. Uh, Crispy, Crispy did good. Oh, yeah, he took yeah. care Crispy of us. Was cool. Yeah, Crispy always took, takes care of us. That's my homeboy, right? So, but that's not like, you know, um, that's not like a dude taking care. That's just my homeboy. You know what I mean? So, yeah, Crispy fucking ruled. Yeah. I've been talking to him since. Uh, yeah, shout out to Crispy. A couple times. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure he'll be watching this, this episode, you know? So, I, I think he was one of our first followers. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so, it's been a crazy week. We skipped a week, right? I had to deal with some personal stuff. Um, well, wake and funeral stuff. That all went down this last week? Yeah. Um, last week, right? Yeah, yeah. Last week, yeah. So it, it was, you know, it was a little rough. We didn't, we, we skipped a week of doing stuff, but um, we're, we're here, we're back, right? So it's all yeah. good. Yeah, we're back, new episode. That always sucks. Was it cool to see everybody, even despite a shitty situation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was cool. It basically, uh, it was a lawyer from Madball's mother. And uh, they live in Florida, right? So we had to get her back up to New York. And then uh, they, you know, they, they all came up and, we, you know, we did the wake, the funeral, you know, in a pandemic, COVID active city, you know what I mean? Which was very strange, right? I've never had to deal with stuff like that before, you know what I mean? So um, that was different. And, uh, um, but we got through it. Everything was good, you know? We got her back and uh, she's, she's home. So, um, dude, I, I saw the GoFundMe that was set up for Hoyo, man. I'm glad everybody. Yeah, yeah, dude, that was really nice. Of, uh, I want you know, thank everyone that contributed to that. That was uh, we came up with the the goal in less than 24 hours, man. So that was really uh, uh, uplifting. Huge. You know what I mean? To uh, to to see that happen, right? So, I mean, I think everybody wants to help, and it's a the right kind of cause. There's yeah, a lot of just, bullshit out there for that. You know, yeah, there's a lot of GoFundMe's that aren't um, set up to <laughs> not necessarily help the needy right yeah, a couple of, uh, it's just it's cool that people fucking help out for the right reasons yeah man you know so <clears throat> um what else what you've been busy right what, what have you been doing what have you been working on besides Riff, riffs tasty licks you got tasty licks but you ain't got no riffs <laughs> no it's true my riffs suck <laughs> i got some tasty licks though <laughs> i'm working on them <laughs> <laughs> no I, I goofed around i did some goofy shit my mom was in town <laughs> so we risked the uh 
you know, we risked the infection and whatnot just to be able to see her. So that was cool. Um, I'm about to dive back into all my guitar painting shit. I tend to go super OCD when, uh, when it's time Fucking to do it. Weirdo. So Fucking I stopped. <laughs> I stopped for like two weeks. <laughs> yeah, you should. I made you stop too. Remember I told you to take a break because <laughs> you were driving your, your wife, your poor wife crazy. Still that night, like there was one point where I was just straight blank looking at nothing. <laughs> She's yeah, like, you're still sitting there thinking about painting yeah. those guitars, aren't you? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yes. I totally am. <laughs> I can't help it. That's why I figured I had to stop for a little while. I think I'm ready though, and I just got a uh, one of the new Pia bodies, the uh, new Ibby for Steve Vai. So I oh, just nice. got one of those in. So I'm cool, gonna cool. send that probably down to somebody else to seal it and prep it because nice. I've learned that's what I suck at. I don't, you know, I'm not a fucking painter. Like I'm, I'm an yeah. artiste. I need to have it presented to me so that I can apply the oh, nice. to it. <laughs> hey, what am I doing right now? I spend hours preparing for this thing to listen to you. Act like this? I don't even, what, what am I doing? Listen, let's talk about, I just did a new, uh, we just did a new Pitchfork release too. You can talk about that real quick. Yeah, yeah, let's. Because we, yeah, we suck, we suck at giving love to our sponsors. Show us actually yeah. what's up. So Pitchfork, one In of fact, our I want to start doing a, like, a, let's, let's, we're going to start doing like a little focus on different sponsors for each sure. of our episodes okay. so we know what the hell's well, going just, on. This is, we did a new summer line. You can see it's a white shirt. We usually don't do white shirts. It's a bundle. You can get it, um, the white shirt and the hat, right, as a bundle, or you can get it individually. Go to the website, www.pitchforkny.com, right? And uh, you can check that out, as long as, as well as the other few things we just released recently, too, right? This shirt here is a new one, so. I like the purple. It's, that's some color flavor in there it's, on a black shirt. It's blue. It's is it blue? blue? Yeah, All right, sorry, blue. sorry. I'm looking at it in a little tiny screen. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. And then, uh, yeah, that's what I got going on. That's one of our sponsors. What about uh, our sponsors from uh, Kaleidoscope? What do they got going on? All right, check this out. So I started working with this vape company a while ago. These guys are cool. They, uh, uh, dude actually owns the hardware factory and makes ceramic shit. And they, uh, they came out with this little guy here. It's going to be a bitch to get it to go into camera. Um, but we just are testing these things in prototypes. Oh, nice, man. And that's your sauce in there? Yeah, yeah, you got to talk into the microphone, Dave. So in addition to it being a... Uh, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> uh, I know you're not used to being in the spotlight here, buddy, but... Yeah, I'm just not used to a fucking really microphone, right? Like, it's like speakerphone and shit. Uh so yeah, it's an all ceramic chimney on the inside of it. So the oil doesn't actually touch any piece of metal. And oh, then nice. it was developed around having sauce inside of it, right? Because we run pure sauce carts out of the lab in California. Uh, okay. And I'm actually hitting it out of one of Chuck Billy's. Uh, it's one of Chuck Billy's um, oh, nice. vaporizer vape. things. Yeah, 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 so like this one's like a little Zippo, right? But right. it's just a battery, right? And that's oh, the one wow, thing I, I fuck. That that's cool. Oh, dude, this one rules. I have the other one. Nice. And it tells you like the percentage of battery left yeah, yeah, and yeah. all that shit. Perfect, man. Yeah, and I suck at keeping those stupid batteries around. So um yeah, his little thing has actually come in quite handy. <laughs> nice. I gotta get one of those. Yeah, it's cool. It's the uh 
I mean, I think this is called the Chief. At least it says the Chief on the top. I don't know. That's not the series. You got a couple of ones, right? So there's like the yeah, but it's all the Chief. They're they're like yeah, because like the ones that called the Tomahawk though. Like there's I think this is actually called the Chief. The Chief, okay. Yeah, I think I have the Tomahawk one. So yeah, that's the one that takes like the dry herb and you like fire it. It's actually like a flame going into it and shit. It's pretty legit. I actually liked that one on tour. I thought that was like unique, you know, cause it was like you were still smoking a bowl, but it was portable and, you know, a little, you know, bit of flour wouldn't fall out or whatever. Yeah. It was, it was novel. Like he said, I mean, most of it's just kind of novelty, right? It's not like it's. Yeah. 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 Sure. His oh, by the way, um, big R&D. our producer just informed me that um, zombie OG is supposed to be a, a, a cross between OG Kush and uh, Blackberry. Oh, all right. I can pretty much tell you that that's probably not what I got. (laughs) (laughs) Same thing. It's like New York, right? It's all our little versions of these strains. It's like, yeah, that's not, you realize that's not really that. Well, but what's weird is like the sour came from Staten Island, or at least that's where it was grown. Yeah, but New York is not a strain heavy um, uh place right whereas like let's say you know you go to cali and they're very yeah you know, right cali even was when it was strains, a black market yeah, or even yeah. colorado as well right they're very particular about their strains and everything once legalization hits that happens kind of oh. everywhere right but it's before it's that as to... here, look listen new york whatever happens everywhere else doesn't happen in new york like it's whatever weird, right? y'all think I'm you're the center you. of the fucking universe it's the same reason you got daniel larusso's back just saying Listen, he's he's close enough. He's uh over the river on the other side of Jersey, right? Close enough. But um, it's just weird here, bro. Believe me. And I'm not trying to say New York is better. Well, we just—it's it's only different. oil still there, though, right? Like right now, you can only still have oil from yeah. this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it's all black market, gray market. Shit. Yeah, it's all black market stuff, you know. Which is—I mean, it's fine. It's decrimmed here. You know I was going to say mean? it's so, decrimmed. It's just you, yeah, there's yeah, no sure. regulated decrimmed. way so, to be able to get it. Yeah, I mean, and you know, dude, what's going on in the world today? I'm, pretty sure no one's worried that's about not the top priority smoking. yeah you know what i mean so no no <laughs> so uh that that's you know but it's it was supposed to be um wrecked this year right because but then the covid happened right so um that ballot is getting pushed to uh, next year right and it did was they top get priority signatures on, on did they get signatures and it was going to be on the ballot but they're pushing the vote or did they just not even get all the ballot signatures because of all the pandemic shit Oh, uh, that I don't even know, bro. That I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure they had all the ballots, right? And they were just going to push it to vote, to get it voted in. Um, Seems like they would again, just bang I'm, that I'm shit out, right? Informed. It would probably Look, pass. Listen, I'm not well informed enough in politics to know about any of that stuff. All right, listen. Let's let's talk about the big Cobra Kai announcement, right? They had Yo. an announcement. Yo, it was huge. What day was that? That was Monday, right? I think it was Monday or Tuesday. I had heard that the uh, the guy, the writer had come out um the guy that we were actually talking about had come out and said something there was there was a big announcement he had done it yes yeah. so social the announcement somewhere. is um season three will now be on netflix fuck yes right they didn't announce when season three is gonna hit but it is well i'd already so like i didn't you know <clears throat> since we've started goofing on this like i didn't realize what a feverish audience well, I mean, goofing in a super serious way because we took, <laughs> like I'm in, I'm as into it. This is a serious debate, David. <laughs> but there's a lot of people super fucking into it, right? And they, oh, yeah. um, somebody was already. I was reading one of those posts or watching a video or something. They already had said that they thought it was going to be September or in the fall uh, when it actually starts dropping. Well, that's when most um, you know new stuff hits, right? That's why. So. Oh yeah, Cobra Kai yeah, season there you three. Go, bro. I'm telling you. See, look at that. That is. 
Mm. That's me and you. It's not me and what me and you. <laughs> I'm, I'm Johnny now. I just recognize the flaws in the original, like what I'm being spoon fed on that movie, and and the challenges that a guy like Johnny has probably faced, and that he was just trying to get his life right. I mean, I'm just recognizing. Okay, that but you also but, fall into. Wait, wait, wait! You also fall into the large percentage of people that fell into that without going back and rewatching the original movie. It's true, and Royce was giving me a ton of shit the other day. I am going to go back and rewatch it. it what did he it say? Deserves... He wanted to reach through the screen and choke you, right? <laughs> you know, Royce bothers me most when he's right about stuff, which it has happened a few <laughs> times. This is not one of those times. <laughs> Listen, go watch the movie, dude. You still haven't uh, watched the movie. That's what this... Look, so listen, here's what's going to happen, weeks. though. I, wait, wait, hold on. We've had weeks, all right? We've done all kinds of I know research it's true. for it's this true. show. And the big part of this research for the show is for you to go back and watch the original Karate Kid. Okay? Man, and I absorbed that, that movie when I was 10. Like, bro, listen, you could even turn it into like a date night with your wife. Like, it'd be a great thing. Get some candles. That's going to be a tough popcorn. one to get her to sit through. Listen, bro, but if you get the candles and the popcorn, she'll sit through it, right? If you turn it so, into more of a romantic theme, right? Here's my prediction like for her, Netflix. Her, listen, Would you like fucking when they go to golf to and stuff, you got to like slide your hand, you know what I mean, around her, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? I'm just saying, dude. That golf and stuff is in Atlanta, right? There is the one, all right, so then in Cobra Kai, when they went to golf and stuff, it was filmed in Atlanta. Most of it, I, I believe, right? The original one was the one out in Ventura or wherever? I'm not sure which one in California, but yes, the original one, one um, because there's two in California, right? So, uh, so my prediction is they drop season one and two over the next, you know, thirty to sixty days, because if they're making the announcement, they already got ink dry on the contract. You got to figure, right? And so they'll give the Netflix audience a chance to catch up. And I don't know how Netflix does that if they just drop the entire season all at once. That's what I would assume. You know, and give it people a chance to binge it out, and then they'll drop season two, give people a chance to binge that out, and basically lead. That'll give them July, August, and then September when a normal, you know, TV fall. Season yeah, that's starts. when a normal TV season would start, right? So. Oh wait, that, I want to. What is that? For? The fight for the soul of the valley has begun. <laughs> <laughs> they may have lost the first battle, they will not lose the war. Oh. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, you have to go back and watch. And like part two, Yo. it's not so because it's 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 it focuses. They go to Japan, right? That's the main. You focus. know what's he weird? Learns, which one? Is, which one was the chick? There was one that was a girl that became that was four. Okay, because yeah, I kind of remember Macho was not in it. Right, Ralph Macho. I don't remember being impressed, it. and it wasn't like a sexist thing. I just don't remember it being as awesome. Well, Mr. Miyagi was in it. At was least, he right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? There so was, it, it was. I watched a, it for a B-rate. I think movie, I saw it in the theater. Okay. <laughs> yeah, for a B-rate movie, it was okay. It wasn't like you know, obviously so it just didn't live up to like one and three. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, I definitely need to watch. I need to watch all of them. But again, I you know, <laughs> whatever. Here's my prediction for plot twist in season three. Um, I'm thinking Johnny and. Daniel, because they've already had a lot of commonality, right? They went out and then when they were drinking together, they were super buddy buddy. It's always been a fucked up situation that makes them go back at each other's throats and it just ignites, you know, the old, their old passions. They're passionate individuals. They're gonna, uh, they're gonna pair up 
and have to fight sen- the bad guy, the Sensei Reese. It's Reese, right? Yeah, Reese. Yeah. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. We watched uh, Rambo 2. Oh, Crease. Crease. Right? Yeah. Crease. That's Kreese. it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. He's in uh, Rambo 2 as well. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's the, he's the, um, yeah, he's the mercenary. Yeah, yeah. Mercenary oh, dude. Chopper pilot that like leaves yeah, him fucking yeah. stranded. I saw that last night. We were like, yo, Sensei Crease. <laughs> <laughs> well, hold on a second here. You watched Rambo last night with Beth? You can't watch it. Just ha- Kid. It happened to be on. Like me going out of my way to watch Karate Kid, especially with as much ranting as she's heard about Karate Kid over the last couple of months, she's going to be pissed. <laughs> like it's going to be a sell. I have to sell but it. That's why you have to do put some candles out, make it a romantic evening. Don't get some <laughs> rose petals, you know, lead up to the couch, right? You know what I mean? Make her feel like a queen for fuck's sake. What's wrong with you, bro? Come on. There yeah, you go. It's, Look, it's a good sell. The, there's the whole series that you need to go watch. Oh, the next Karate Kid. You're right. It was the fourth one. Yeah, that was part. Okay, it wasn't part four. But it was the next one. And then, have you seen the the, the remake with Jackie Chan and Will Smith's son? Karate Kid. Yeah, yeah, I saw that one. It was very kung fu based, right? Like it was way oh, more. Kung I fu. haven't seen it. I don't know. You never watched it? No, dude. I Why? Just to not taint the memory of what the original one used to be, or well, what I mean, motivation. Okay, look. No, let me. All right. Look. Normally, yes. Right. But, like, Point Break, did you watch the remake of Point Break? I did not. All right, see, that broke my shit because... I was going to say, I, I don't want to taint the memory of the original no, Point okay, Break because well, the Point original one was awesome. The, the remake was a fucking really good. More awesome than the original one? No, absolutely not. It would have, like, I would have liked it better if they changed the name. I think called Point Break, right? Was it different but, enough? Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. And it was really good, dude. So it when tweaks it, it tweaks your memory. I didn't want to go back. I didn't want to watch it because I wanted to ruin the original Karate Kid. But now that I saw Point Break and all these other movies remakes that were good, I think I'm gonna go watch this weekend. I'll probably. Put it's that on. different enough to where it's kind of cool, right? Like okay. I mean, I guess it wasn't awesome, <laughs> but it wasn't bad. And I I like kung fu shit, right? So the fact that it was and it's you know the kids going over to China this time, right? And he's having to integrate into, you know, a Chinese school and all the kids are fucking bullying him and all that kind of shit, right? So he's, you know, the kid's portraying, you know, the Daniel LaRusso type character, but he's going over. But it's over. different because it's a, it's a cultural now difference instead yeah, of yeah. just like a, a, a geographical difference, right? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all, you know, smacking him around and shit. And then he, I, it's Jackie Chan in it, I think, right? I only seen it once. Yes. And then yes, I really I watched it again. Like, Okay, we'll see. There wasn't, it's, it can't be that good then. I mean, but I'll, yeah. I'll watch it. I'll watch it. Just in the spirit of Karate Kid, if you watch the original. I'm going to watch the original again. When? I mean, with Roy's calling me out saying that, like, she booted the ball because, like, she saw him up there. She already knew they were getting buddy-buddy. He's like, oh, they were already rolling around on the beach together. And I'm pretty sure that's more like he kind of, like, forcibly fell on her no, just so that dude, he could get close and be completely inappropriate. Movie, no, go no, watch bro. the movie. He's not creepy, dude. I'm telling you, right? Bro, it's not creepy, okay? Go watch the movie. I'm pretty sure he was creeping out on her. She's like, get the fuck away from me. Then Johnny rolls up. But I'm giving it a shot, dude. I'm going to – I admit that I can be wrong occasionally. I'm frequently not, but sometimes I can be. <laughs> you are wrong this time, sir. <laughs> 
I don't think it's she not. was vibing on him yet, man. I don't think she was vibing. It took her a little while. Like, he had to push it. He had to, like, you know, give her the eye creeps from across the fire for hours. All day. And then finally. All fucking- day. Yeah, whatever, Weird. bro. All right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let me ask you this. When you met Bethany, I'm sure you just fucking rolled right up on her and said, yo, right what's up? up? Smooth. Blah, blah, blah. I was smooth like silk. I was like, yo, baby, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> Your poor wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, I so let's, 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 uh, let's get an intro for our, our, our guest today, yeah? Dude, yeah, he should be on in like five minutes or so. I mean. And it's a big deal. Like, this dude's big a big deal, fucking right? deal. Who is it? I don't even know if I can say I'm so giddy. <laughs> no we got fuck we got mark morton from uh lamb of god mr mark yeah. morton yep yeah look at that big deal big deal right they just dropped a new record just right? dropped a new record they uh that other um single that he recorded with the dude from clutch uh that actually just got released i saw that on blabbermouth um and he sent it to us the other day it was fucking awesome super different uh one of my favorite guitar players. Of that all well, time. that what did I say when you when I never say that, that though? Like you can't tell him that shit, right? Like I mean, I think he knows that he's. I'm gonna tell him that song. as soon as he comes on the show. Oh, I'm yeah. gonna tell him that. No, <laughs> it's weird. I'm gonna make him weird. blush and make you blush too, right? Don't so. make it weird. It's already so, making me. You're blush. the one making it weird, bro. <laughs> Dude, straight up. So he's uh he's the he was my first fanboy moment when we were out on the road with slayer right like i kept my shit together like hanging out in the dressing rooms the first, like, this, you're talking the guys. about the first leg the first leg right the first part of the second time i went out so like not the first time when i just barely it was like after when i came back out we were starting in uh, southern california san diego or whatever okay and okay. that second show we were at that outdoor place i can't remember where outside of la and um marcus let me strap on morton's guitar because i hadn't had a guitar yes, on me I remember at that, that point I remember that. you remember like and yeah. so you know dude plays his shit low right carrie actually plays it lower but at that point i had never had a guitar on me hanging that low well, mark's also not like mark's not, not a you know very tall guy either right so yeah but it's like it's that? how does he you know what the question is how does he shred when the guitar's that low it's fucking right? crazy. Same with Terry king you know what i mean it's like so i straight fucking froze in my boots when i looked down at it i, I like I, I was like oh my god I, I can't play it was like my worst nightmare it's like standing there naked in front of a crowd or something like i was, was like that, oh, was that shit at a line check or something uh no because you know they use those uh uh i can't remember what the fuck they call them but the speaker like inside that like isolation cabinet the the iso cabs so Marcus would just turn on the ISO cab and it would just oh, be yeah, quiet yeah, back jamming, there, right? Sure, so you could sure, just kind of sure. jam back there without sure, sure, it bothering sure. anybody. So he turns it on. And he's like, yo, you know any Lamb of God? Of course I did. And I couldn't fucking play it at all. And then I, it was just like. It's kind of like that first time you strapped on it. A lot like that. A lot like that. A Slayer line check. I'm such a pussy. trained. I know. Fuck, I'm a fucking pussy. shred. Yo, give me play a riff. Oh, it was the same shit. It happened so many times, man. I suck so bad. But I remember even stopping and I came over and I was like, yo, that was straight up my first fanboy moment. Like I, I, I've never felt like that before. (laughs) And I even saw Mark later that night and I was like, yo, Marcus, put your guitar on me. I fanboyed out like a bitch. (laughs) I was like, I couldn't play shit. Yo, you fanboyed. Yo, hold on. You you didn't fanboy out on Slayer when you met those guys? 
I I had to get my shit together, right? Like, I mean, they're friends of friends. I'd already like been hanging out with you, with Mike, right? Like it was, I, I, you know, a little, I was nervous around all those guys a little bit, (laughs) but it's not like, I mean, you know, but it didn't take me long to just be myself and not, you know, I never weirded out about anybody. Like that was the only actual fanboy moment I can remember is that I was just like, you know, holy shit. Like I'm holding Mark Morton's. It was one of the customs and shit. I'm like, Yo, like, dude, this is a big fucking deal, <laughs> right? And I like just straight froze, <laughs> shit my pants. I just straight shit my pants. Meanwhile, it's like, bro, you're doing a jamming back there, like, you know what I mean? Like, it was nothing, like right? You, like, I mean, when yeah, I saw him later, like he was doing like, doing it in front of a crowd or anything like that. He was like, oh, dude, you can play my guitar anytime, man. And I was like, I was like, yo, I fucking freaked out, and uh, and I was like, how do you play it that low? And he was like, oh, dude. Like, it's got to look fucking cool, right? And then he's like, that's why I stand so wide leg the whole time. So I can actually play it, right? And he like goes all fucking like metal stance. <laughs> it was hilarious. The other thing that's fucking weird before he gets on is like the other thing I noticed, I was standing behind him, like watching him play. And when he does his high riffs, he moves his thumb out like straight. Like I've seen a lot of people that'll kind of slide it down a little bit, but like, dude, his thumb will be on the yeah. front of the instrument playing yeah. piano style. And all that's on his like that fast run at the end of Walk With Me in Hell on that solo. Yeah. Like yeah. that's done with his thumb all the way on the fucking front of the thing. And he does it up high, right? A lot of people will play that down in like, you know, the uh kind of tenth fret position or whatever. In that, you know, off of it's a it's a melodic minor run that goes up and fucking does that little weird bend. <laughs> whatever. I'm a geek for his shit. <laughs> you know that uh, yeah. <laughs> whatever yeah so it, it'll be neat to get this dude on um i got a million questions for him on you know writing and solo shit and um you know how he thinks of what he does and you know he's got some unique shit he does a lot of bluesy type stuff and but his his blues influence influences pretty much have to be unique um because he you know like he adds shitloads of vibrato on like bends and you know that kind of shit like i want to see I want to see how, you know, where that comes from, like how he thinks about that stuff. I'm assuming he sure. didn't think about it at all. He's just going to be like, yeah, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> he just, I don't know. I just tried. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's like breaking down every step and he's just like, yeah, it just comes out naturally. So such maybe, a mind fuck. Yeah, well, maybe that's such just a the mind difference fuck. between talent and no talent. What are you saying? <laughs> I'm trying to say I'm trying to say he's more talented than you are. Is what I'm well, yeah, he's definitely more talented than okay. me. I think it's the difference between natural talent and working for it, right? Because like anybody could sit there. I, you know, I've always felt like it sure. just work so hard at something that you eventually get fucking good at it. Um, I, I think I think he's here. Okay. Well, when do we bring him? <laughs> you guys, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I got you now. Got you I, now. I got how to play this rascal. You're good now. Okay, yeah, we're good now. What's cool. going Sweet. on, bro? We're shaking. Mr. Man. Mark Morton. What's going on? Pleasure to see you, sir. Dude, thanks <laughs> for uh, for, for uh, coming on and doing this with us, right? It's my pleasure, man. You guys are my bros, man. Whatever you need. See, don't say that. You got to look out for me. I, you know, I can help you out back, man. <laughs> Yo, Dave, Dave, you, you realize Dave is like your biggest fan, right? Shut up. <laughs> Dave's my homie. Dave's my homie. <laughs> oh, he's your homie, yeah. Well, that's cool. That's flattering, man. That's flattering. Yeah, I've been a fan for a while. Just shut up. You're making it weird, Lord. 
<laughs> no, it's cool. What I think is well, cool I'm, a, so I'm a big I'm a big fan of David's as well. Well, there you go, Dave. Look Thanks, at that. sir. See? Yeah, I think what's coolest about this is that whenever we hang out, we're hanging out as friends and shit, and I don't ever geek out on you on all the guitar questions, and so now I get a chance to like drill you on all the, the weird well, shit we, I'd never ask you otherwise. We were talking yesterday briefly, like, I don't know that I'll have the answers for you, man. Like, That's I'm, even uh, better. Like, it's, it's <laughs> diving into the brilliance that is Mark Morton's like, brilliance you know, capabilities. Idiot savant, <laughs> something like that. So let's get in. Do you want to get into that right now, Dave? Let's, let's do it. Let's get right into guitars, huh? Yeah, let's. All right. All right, cool. Because, yeah, we were talking about that right before you jumped on. Um, I mean, there's a million questions I got. Let's start. Let's start kind of at the beginning. Um, okay. Like, where, well, when did uh, you start playing? First, before we start that, first of all, let's say congratulations on an amazing record. Yeah. Oh, thank you. No shit. Right. It is. We, it is. Right, um, so. Yeah, it came out a week ago today. So the first yep. week is what? done. Actually, yeah. let's talk about that a little bit first. Yeah. So first week's done. When do you guys get your stats on first week sales? Um, I, I, I just got off a call a little while ago. Uh, I know a little something, but not, not the officials. Uh, so we should, we should get, um, we should get all that official stuff on Monday. They're, uh, they, they're tallying stuff up. Apparently it's pretty congested, congested in there in that area where we're, where we're charting and that kind of thing. So they got to go through and, you know, recount the ballots and all that stuff. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> you guys have been doing a bunch of, uh, You've been doing a bunch of promo all week, right? Like I saw you on, even oh on Facebook God. Live yesterday. You've been getting hammered yeah. all month, man. Yeah, all month. And you guys did the uh, what was the um, the uh, the live jam or whatever, right? That was the cool. quarantine jam was cool. Yeah. yeah, that was super cool. Are you all doing uh, more of those? Yeah, you guys got more of that stuff going on, or? I mean, you know, I don't, nothing that's on you know in, in my inbox yet. But you know, with given the 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 landscape of things, with with touring being also up in the air and so questionable, that you know, I'm sure um, there's going to be something else. I don't I don't know that it'll be the exact same thing. Uh, but we we are definitely tossing around a bunch of ideas um, about just how to stay engaged with fans and how to how to sort of keep momentum of the record going. And and it's I think with um, with everything that's going on with, with the virus, um, you know, this is a real opportunity for, for people in our industry to, um, I think, to get, to get creative and to get, uh, this is to me like one of those situations where the cream, again, will rise to the top. I think if, yep. you, if you sit around twiddling your thumbs, waiting um, till you can go play, you know, Hammerstein or, or wherever again, um, and, you know, and put 8,000 people in a room or whatever it is, like, um, you're going to be sitting for a long time and it's going to get stagnant. And I think that, like, you know, it's, it's our responsibility in, to elbow out new ways and, and, and new ways to engage and, and new ways to generate uh, revenue, to generate streaming, to generate content, all that stuff. I mean, this is, it's, it's in a lot of ways, it's a reset for a lot of things, but definitely in the music industry, we're restructuring the way we see things, the way we do business, um, what the measure of success is, the things we're capable of and the things we're not. So this is in a lot, it's the wild, wild west, man. And, and it's, uh, you know, th that's a bum out in a lot of ways because it's a challenge, but it's also an opportunity. It's, you know, th these are the kind of situations that, that create new opportunities and create new new 
victories, man, or losses, depending on so how you was it was it anyone's spe uh, specific idea to do that quarantine jam, or was that something you guys all came, came up with together? No, I mean, we didn't invent that. That I think that was just kind of us sort of starting to to, to engage in, in something sure. different. You know, I don't think that was um, – I don't, I, I'm not having any illusions that that wasn't particularly groundbreaking on our part, but some of the stuff <laughs> – no, no, cool to I see, mean, though. But some of the stuff we're talking about doing is fresh, and um, I think the quarantine jam I, – I'll be, I'll be honest with you, it's just pure, like – Full disclosure, I was actually against it because I thought it was a little um, a little commonplace. I had seen a number of bands do that, and I was like, I was like, we gotta we gotta do something different. I think this is gonna be flat. Um, turns out I was wrong. That's why I'm the guitar player, not in the management and not in the, in the <laughs> not in the marketing business, the promotion business. It was massive. Um, but but there are we're we're still you know we're actively engaging and brainstorming ideas on which to build off of that and really do some stuff that's unique to our organization and maybe hasn't been done before. That's cool. What was cool about the quarantine jam was you actually got to see inside, like you were standing in John Campbell's living room. You saw <laughs> yeah, it was Willie's everybody's little jam space. Yeah. You saw your little jam area, Randy's yeah. closet, like, yeah, art, yeah, yeah. you know, wherever art was set up, like, dude, it, like, that was the best part of it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, to actually see you guys at home. You do get access. You know? Yeah, you get access to something. And, and I think that's honestly, like, in a lot of ways, that's, part uh, for people that have been fans of lamb for like you know over a decade that's they know that's part of our dna back in the 2000s when um the dvd market and the dvd business was such a, a big thing um which is you know, essentially gone now but at the, in in the early mid and later 2000s dvds were the rage right yeah and and we in the in the metal you know um in, in the metal community, in, the, in our world, we were real heavy in that game and like giving people access to the insides of the band. So the, um, you know, the, the Walk With Me in Hell DVD and the Making of Sacrament and the, and the Philadelphia DVD all really gave us, um, gave fans sort of an, an access to the really inner workings. So you did see where yeah. we practiced and you did yeah. see um, where we lived and you saw us you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. arguing and fighting yeah, and cool. laughing and the jokes we played on each other and all that stuff. And again, we didn't, you know, we didn't invent that. Um, the vulgar videos, Pantera was, that was a similar kind of thing. But in, in, in our time frame in that era, we were real heavy in that. And I think that sort of, um, that became part of the personality of the band. And it, what it really did was it, it, it sort of let the fans into the band as, as people. So, sure fans saw that we were just goofy ass dudes you know like a lot of them were so there was a there was a real connection we built between people that were fans of the band and and just our personalities as people and um so that was you know that's part of the dna of the band and i, I don't know i was just thinking about that when you were saying when you get to see where we're yeah, really operating and that kind of thing that's that's, that's like uh, that's not that's not unheard of for us yeah sure sure that's cool though it makes you know makes you guys stick out right so yeah, I mean it's genuine. It's honest. Like you know, I th I think, um, and you know, there there's there's times when some of the stuff you know back in those DVDs, you know, we would we would show sides of ourselves or show situations that weren't always, uh, you know, you and uh, Randy fighting. Well, right? that's an example, sure. But I mean, there, there were there were cases of like you know other things like that too, where you know some of the things were real genuine, yeah. and real, and you know, it took a lot of. Uh, you know, I guess humility and courage and just kind of general op openness to be vulnerable like that publicly. And I think that was, um, I think I, 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 now with so much time between now and when we were doing that, I think that's a real cool thing that we were able to yeah. do that. 
and be so be so transparent as a band and instead of like propping up this thing of like you know everything we're perfect and and we're we're like these rock star guys no we're just a bunch of you know at the time just a bunch of drunk hoodlums like that happen to play you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah I didn't know you guys in the uh, Drunk Randy and Fat Willie days. I've mm-hmm. heard the, the, those are the stories and how I hear it referenced. It was, it was fun. It was we fun. had fun. We had there were fun days. There were fun times. There was a lot of. Um, I don't. I don't. Uh, man, I don't. I don't miss drinking. <laughs> yeah. I, I used I used up all my uh, drink tickets. You know what's yeah, interesting yeah. about that angle too is that you know it's that a lot of that was before social media and you guys have been able yeah. to maintain still this kind of level of, you know, rock stardom, I guess, you know, that is at a level above, like so a lot of times social media allows people to be a little bit too approachable or, uh, you know, kind of breaks down that barrier of what, you know, rock stardom used to be where it was like these untouchable individuals that you were right. always striving to kind of get there. And you guys always seem to be able to play that balance really well of, you know, you opened the doors and allowed the fans to kind of see everything that was going on. Yet, you know, even on your social media and everything, everybody's able to maintain a level that's not, you know, too, I guess, approachable. I don't know. It's not, that's not what I mean. Cause y'all all seem like, yeah, you know, I'm not normal sure. Everybody. I feel but like on my Twitter, I'm like, hello, approachable. Like I, people, you know, I go kind of dialogue with people all the time. Sometimes it's pretty snappy. You know, I mean, my, my Twitter's just a shit show. I anyway. love your I love your Twitter feed, bro. I, it's like one of the. I'm actually never on Twitter, so that's my that's my only gap on all my social media shit. So that's the thing, yeah, and that's what, uh, probably where you know we're kind of coming from two different angles here, is because on Twitter, like I'm I'm like I'm like on Twitter. I don't really mess with gotcha. Facebook. I have an Instagram. I do stuff there, um, and it's funny. My Instagram is sort of uh, sort of. A, a, a direct reaction to my Twitter because on my Twitter and Warren will know because he's he follows me on there and we engage sometimes. I'm very political. I'm very opinionated. Gotcha. I'm I'm super kind of antagonistic and sarc- heavy sarcastic, heavy sarcastic on it. Like you know what I mean? Um, it's, great. it's kind of part of my sense of humor. I'm very yeah, self-deprecating yeah. too. I can I can take it and give it all. And it, and it's interesting because I get a lot of feedback on there where it's just like. It's 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 a funny perspective because people I get this you know shut up and just just shut up and play guitar we don't want to hear what you think about this or here you go on some tirade and why the fuck follow you so I'm like yeah. this, this is like this isn't a land this doesn't isn't a lamb of God thing this is <laughs> this is my this was yeah. my Twitter page when there was like a thousand people on it now there's yeah, 172 thousand people but it's still my fucking Twitter page sure. it's like if I want to put a picture of my cat. I'll well, do I that. Think, you know what I, I mean? It's like, whatever, best, you know, one and of the best parts about your Twitter is your, like you said, you, how you engage with people. It's the best because it's always like, you know, it's, there's always humor behind it. It's always very sarcastic. It's never mean. You know what I mean? It's always just like, Oh, this guy's awesome. You know I mean, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's just a lot of sarcasm and, and, yeah. um, but uh, you know, it's, I, I really enjoy it. Sometimes I'm on there too much. Sometimes I'll take a break from it, you know, um, but, you know, like, you know, we were saying with David, like Instagram, it's to me is it was a reaction to that. So I'm never political on Instagram. And and I've even, you know, said on Twitter, like, if you're not into me ranting about whatever the subject of the day is or, or making fun of you for what you believe in or what you're on it, like, go to Instagram. There's pictures of my guitars. You only of- even started your <laughs> IG feed recently, right? It was like recently. 2018 or something. It like, was yeah, just, it was yeah, while we were out on the road and shit. We were on yeah. tour. I remember the first, I think the first thing I posted was a picture of the Stevie Ray Vaughan statue in, in Austin. 
and I had a day off and I was just like, everyone's on Instagram. I should just do an Instagram account, you know? And so that's a thing, you know, I do stuff over there. And of course, you know, I use them both to promote, um, sometimes lamp stuff, sometimes solo stuff, but mostly, uh, I guess in terms of social media for me, other than like a personal Facebook page where I'm like talking to people like I went to high school with or whatever. But I mean, like in terms of like my, my sort of stuff that's out there, it's, it's pretty much Twitter for me. And I, I, I have a lot of fun with it, but um, it's, it's an interesting one. Like, I mean, everybody <laughs> kind of has a Twitter across, I mean, even to, you know, the president and shit, but it's, I don't know. Cause I've always thought, I guess internally, I've always blamed social media for the lack of, you know, a lot of modern guitar heroes and you are one of, few and fuck you warren because i'm not fanboying out but <laughs> you're, you're one of few that's been able to maintain that kind of guitar hero level even more so i mean you're shredding like hell on the new album and yet you still have you know you guys have you know allowed everybody to you know kind of know who you are and not maintain you know a complete arm's reach you know hey we're rock stars nobody really knows anything i just about us. I, I man i just don't feel like a guitar hero david i just don't like i um <laughs> You know, I'm, I wasn't even the best guitar player in my high school, man. Um, I, I, I'm a songwriter and I think I write, I think I write really good riffs and I think I'm around, um, you know, the, the, I, I was talking to someone about, about this earlier today. To me, the, the strategy or the recipe for success is be good at what you do. Don't stop fucking working and surround yourself with people that do both those things. And if you do that, if you do that, then you're going to be ahead of most of the people that are trying to get in the space that you're in, right? Yeah, across and any industry. Across right? anything, yeah. in anything yeah. you're doing. If you're if you're good at what you do, you don't stop working and the people around you and that you're working with are doing those two things as well, you're going to, to be go. you're going to be in front of most of your peers and most of your company. And I have approached music to that. I've, I, with that, I've approached other things with that. But like in terms of like guitar as just me, like, dude, I mean, I, I'm a decent player, but I, I'm not like, again, like I, I don't, I, I think my goal with guitar as just purely as a guitarist, not as a songwriter or a band member or a performer or a, a, you know, in the studio or anything, my goal is just a guitarist has always been to be that kind of player that has a recognizable voice on the instrument. And, and, and those guys aren't always the most accomplished or most technical players, but I want it to, I, I always pictured it like, I'd like to be the guy that if a car went by with the windows down, blasting a guitar solo, and you heard just the guitar solo as it went by, you could be, oh, that's, that's Mark Morton playing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I aspire to that. I don't want to be the fastest. I don't want to it's be kind of a guitar hero, dude. I mean, it kind of uh, is. I, I'm saying, like, <laughs> so, man. I just want, I just really aspire to have a voice on the instrument. Um, so like when you're because it's not always about technical prowess right like, can't, I, I hope not because then i'm I'm way back <laughs> in that line man so when you're shredding when you're shredding these solos like let's say when you when you sit down and and and, and write a solo for a song right um mm -hmm. do you sit down and like okay this is kind of what i'm gonna do or do you just kind of just go with it like right um i yeah i understand the question so it it most of the time what happens is um, and we're talking, I'm sure, in the context of like Lamb of God, right? Yeah, yeah, like um, in a log. So, so in a Lamb of God. Honestly, song. honestly, I'd like to take this question out of log, but let's, yeah. For well, it, it really, it applies to all, all kind of across, like solo <laughs> stuff too. But most, so most of the time, what'll happen is um, with Lamb, especially, here's the difference. With Lamb, when we write songs, I'll make demos of a song idea on this computer that I'm talking to you on. In this room, I'll sit here and make a demo of a song and I'll put drums on it. Put, 
baseline on it and I'll present the stuff to the guys. Here's this demo of the song. It almost always changes, but I'll present with something. And when there's a solo, what we do that maybe not everybody does, um, and and this is where I sit. I'm not just flexing with my plaques behind me because we're doing a podcast. This is my <laughs> um, This is just where they hang. You know. Hey, bro, I got my plaques back here too. Yeah, so right. Oh, yeah, you got yours too. That's right. Cool. So, so what I'll do is we, what we do as a band is we'll take those demos and we'll start sorting through my demos and sorting through Willie's demos and we'll start putting together songs and we'll go out there in in the garage. I have a room above my the base of my garage and where we practice and we will learn those stuff and play them as a band. So we will stand up in a room with our guitars on and perform those songs as a band. That's that that seems so natural to guys like us, right? But not everybody does that. A lot of guys go straight from the computer to the studio print it and that's it and then they'll learn it for the for the show maybe so uh, i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that i'm just saying that's not what we do so when we get up there and we're learning the songs and playing through what were demos now they're songs and we're learning them as a band and playing them as as humans in a room um the solo part will come up and i'll just start kind of jamming but usually by the end of a pre-production a week or two of pre-production i have some sort of pattern like a sketch like if you were going to do a painting, but you just sketched it first on the canvas, that's kind of where the sure. solo is. And by the time I get in the studio, I'll sort of know that sketch and there'll be like a rough of it. And then when it's time, we've recorded everything and Josh and I are sitting there doing solos, I'll build off of that sketch. We'll do, and 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 David, you might have even been around for some of this when we were at 606. Um, I'll, I'll do four, five, six passes of the solo section, just kind of freestyling in those lanes of where I had sort of sort of started laying down the path and then josh and i will listen to those and we'll comp together a take from those passes of a sort of an outline and then i'll start dialing in and actually learning it so it just kind of starts with really broad strokes and then sort of medium strokes and then we start fine-tuning it and then um usually i'll keep that and sometimes like in the course of the last album i'll go all the way back to virginia sit with the solos the songs for a while and decide i want to recut for the solos Fly back to LA and, and re, you know retry. Oh, wow. That's what happened this last time. So um, I guess the 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 um, the long and short of it is, it's like the solos are kind of born out of improv. Um, very natural, it sounds like. But it's but, very it, natural. but it, yeah, there I am. The solos are kind of born out of improv, but they come from a place uh, that, you know, they come from a sort of place of freestyling, but then they get dialed in. So what you're hearing is not like a first pass solo, but it was born from like me kind of just taking a swing at it and deciding what I like. So I got That's a couple cool. of questions. That's a really, that really long answer of saying, you no, know, it's I awesome. Mean, no, it's no, fucking awesome. I kind of wing exactly. it until we find something cool. But no, that's exactly like, are you hearing that in your head as like when it comes time, like I get it that when you guys are doing your first jam, like you're probably just kind of ripping through some stuff and it just sort of fits in. Yeah. But then, you know, you have some similarities speaking specific to the Lamb of God stuff. You have some similarities in the way that they're kind of structured. Sure. And I think that, are you thinking through stuff like that of like, Oh, I should have, you know, this kind of fast run here versus like this sort of bend. Do you think through even in like, Oh, Hey, I'm, because when I'm analyzing your shit, I'm like, okay, hang on. He's bending to the fifth, and then he slides to the third. He's nah. bending from the third to the fourth. So the third root third fifth is building my chord, but the fourth nah. sounds sexy as I drop down <laughs> nah, in the vibrato no. on the it's first. All, it's all here. So I know, I know a little bit of theory, and I know enough about theory to, to kind of 
sort of retrofit that stuff and be like, oh, here it does this, here it does this. But it's never in front of it. It's never like, okay, okay now I'm going to do this and I'm going to flatten the fifth year. It's all, Interesting. it's all sort of just So real quick then, where, where did you pick up putting, like when you do the bends, you put vibrato, right? Yeah, you vibrato your bends, which isn't a traditional you, kind of blues technique. A lot of, like, let's say using BB King as an example. He's yeah. like, Oh, well, I never vibrato the bend, right? Like you just bring the bend up and then vibrato the fuck out of it afterwards. Like where did that influence come from? Because you vibrato the shit out of your bend as you go up and shit. Like I, it's sexy. I, it might be Hendrix. Does Hendrix do that? I was a big Hendrix guy. I feel like Hendrix goes nuts with vibrato, doesn't he? He may like, I mean, maybe, I've, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, so hey, so maybe Billy Gibbons. Like my guys are Jimmy Page, Jimi Hendrix, Billy Gibbons. Those are my guys. So if, right. if, if it ain't them, then it's, I don't know. It's by accident. And so when you were learning and you were a kid and you were starting, were you learning those guys' solos? And that's kind of where you started building your technique and stuff from? Uh, you know, it was, ev it was really everybody in the beginning. It was Black Sabbath. It was uh, definitely Led Zeppelin. It was AC, ACDC really in the very beginning because the great thing about ACDC is they're great songs. So the, the cool thing about ACDC is this, when you, especially when you're coming up. Like I would tell anyone that's, you know, if their kid's learning how to play guitar, like get them into ACDC because yeah. first of all, it's, it's metal, you know, in, in the context of when roll. it was. And yeah, it's yeah, yeah. like, you know, it's got a metal component and it's definitely hard rock, you know. It's fucking ACDC. It's ACDC, yeah, yeah. right? It's <laughs> Angus Young is a great blues influence, but he's a great guitar player. Um, and the songwriting is really quality in terms of just the song craft of the song. Yes. I mean, you know, we can pick apart the lyrics and maybe the lyrics are a little juvenile in places, that kind of thing. But I'm talking about like the song craft of how the songs are structured and the way they move and, and, and the way they're put together is really like very, very basic and conventional, but very solid. And it's easy to play. That's what I'm getting at. The shit's, so it's cool songs with, with a great guitar player and they're easy to play. So you can learn Highway to Hell start to finish it if you know, you know, just really basic rudimentary guitar, at least a enough to play through. The Cult, sure. the Cult was another one for me. You know, you don't hear about the Cult much anymore, but when I was learning to play guitar in the 80s, the Cult was a, a cool big band. And it was the same type of thing. It was cool. I liked the songs. I liked the band, but the shit was easy to play. And so I could like put it on and jam to it and, and learn it by ear. And that's the other thing. Um, you know, we didn't have YouTube. We didn't have yeah. we didn't have yeah. guitar, guitar Pro, any kind of internet yeah. tabs. We had at best like a guitar magazine with some tab in it, and we had a cassette tape player. And I would, you know, I'm sure both you guys too. There would be little like flat spots in my cassettes where I had been rewinding, always, oh, yeah, always in the solo to hear these little clips because it's for me like rewinding and playing and, and like. Well, and there was no way to slow it down or anything and maintain no. pitch, right? Like, it's, but the yeah. beauty of that is we developed our ear. We developed our ear, so we could listen to something. Um, I was talking with with uh, with Paolo from from Trivium the other day, and he and he, he he had posted something about uh, Megadeth being like a quarter step flat or sharp or something. One of those albums, and I was like, how did I not even notice that? Because I used to play along this shit. I didn't even notice it was like slightly off off tuning or whatever, and. Uh, but that's the thing is we developed our ear, man. We learned how to play that stuff by ear. And I think that is just such a such an asset moving forward. Because like when I write songs, when I hear riffs, I usually hear them in my head first. Like really. Sure. Like I hear, like I'll be cutting the grass or whatever. And I, and you know, it's, it's, I was 
it's funny, man. Like you, the, the rhythm of the motor or whatever, and you start hearing a rip in your head and I'll come in the house and like, I got this riff now, you know what I mean? And so it's, it's almost like figuring it out out of my head on the guitar. The riff already exists. I'm just trying to learn it, you know? And that's I sick. feel like, I feel like that's an asset from like, you know, being 15 and sitting there in my room with my cassette player, trying to figure out that damn Van Halen, you know? And that's well, the same way true. on Everything your riffs you do, besides, besides even natural, your li- you know what I mean? So. Yeah, besides your licks, I mean that's the same way you write your songs and everything too. You've already kind of heard all this. <laughs> all <laughs> all that, huh? Yeah. yeah. So you were already you were already jamming with the band. How old are you there? Thirteen, twelve? Nah, like fourteen. Fifteen. I, I think I'm like fourteen there. Maybe thirteen, fourteen, you, thirteen, fourteen. Something do you like still that. have that guitar? I do. It's in pieces somewhere. I do really? have, like I have a sick. I have the body and the, the neck. The body. Strip. What is it? It's a Kramer Focus. In fact, I don't even think I have that neck. I put a Chandler neck on it a few years after that. That's um, fucking awesome. But I do, I do have that guitar somewhere. So and you got a you, Floyd on you there. A, yeah, you got a Floyd on that's there. That's a Floyd, yeah. Oh, my God. So, look, at that, look at that kid with his tongue hanging out of his mouth trying to hang so on let's to that cord. <laughs> it's to, fucking awesome. I'm hanging on to that cord for dear life, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so this album, uh, Routes, was the first time I heard you use a Floyd on a solo. Yes. Is it? I feel like I have before. Now on the Burn the Priest, uh, on the um, the covers thing we did. Oh, the, did you? Uh, yeah, the Legion, Legion Twenty. Uh, I did some dive bombs and stuff in the Bad Brains, cause, cause Bad Brains, you know, there's, he did, you know, he's doing all this, yeah. stuff. he's doing all those dive bombs. So I did it there, and I remember when we were tracking that, Josh, our producer, was like, "Damn, dude, you're pretty good with the tremolo," and I was like, "I learned to play guitar in the '80s." Yeah, like I was you, gonna say. So if you, you weren't off some harmonics and dive bombs and shit with your tremolo in the '80s. You weren't on <laughs> shit. <laughs> so yeah, because you pull out all the tricks on routes, right? Like, I yeah. mean, you're doing all the dime squeals. Like, you chime up. At least I mean, that's the way I learned it. Is like yeah. you're chiming all the way up the fucking thing, and then you lift like fucking crazy, and you got the little I mean, like you know flutters the, and shit. That's what the fuck you're supposed to do. Man. <laughs> <laughs> is there is there another way to tremolo? I, I, I mean, know. it's it was legit as fuck. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> I mean, there's people that just fucking flail on it and shit, right? Like, I mean, oh, you brought man. you brought it out. It's like after all this time, it's like holy shit, man! Like he's fucking wailing on that thing. Riding a bike, man. Riding a bike. So I got a question for you now. You're you're a big you're a big wah guy, right? Because that's that's the one pedal you got out on stage in front. Of you. I do. I I like a wah. Not on every solo, but I do. I do love a wah. Yeah, I do. Now now when you when you write these solos, like when you guys are jamming for the first time, right? The the riffs or whatever you're sitting there, and you're kind of sketching out the solos. Mm-hmm. Do you have is the wah incorporated already in there or nah, the wah nah. comes later, right? It comes later. It comes okay. later. It okay. usually doesn't even show up until the studio and sure. uh, like uh and there's just certain songs like set to fail. Uh there's this song we have set to fail off Ra- of the Wrath album and uh and uh, that solo's kinda like got a wah on it. It would just wouldn't be the same without it, you know. Um yeah. so so yeah, I mean uh it's it's around. I do I do like a wah. Sometimes it can be a little much. Um, no, I I like it, right? Because when you, because you, with your blues influence, man, when you when you hit that wah, it just it's like everything you do, it just sounds natural. Yeah, right? yeah. So you know what I mean? I do like a wah. A lot of guys use them fixed too. You just kind of click it down, and it gives it that sort of filter to it, which is cool. Yeah. Um, if you do that, do you run it wide open or like halfway or? Um, no, he never does. He's no, I don't. I don't fix. I don't fix it. I'm, if I'm on it, I'm usually wide. He's, he's always yeah. stepping on it. So yeah. unless if it, if it's on and I'm not stepping on it, it means I I forgot to click it off. 
And what I else need, is in your? I need uh, more time to hit the button there in the back and turn it off. For yeah. Me. <laughs> what else is in your? Of course, uh, you've done that. I know you have. <laughs> <laughs> what else is in your signal chain? Uh, so the um, so it's just Sennheiser wireless, and then it it splits. Actually, it splits after all the process. So it's it's into a Sennheiser wireless. And then I hit from there a uh, DBX uh, 266 XL, which is just a real simple compressor gate. Okay. Um, it's nothing fancy, man. It's really just kind of player grade thing, but it has this wonderful sort of gain structure that it adds to the DI. It just does this subtle little thing that I can tell as soon as it's off, I can tell. Like um, it's something about the response of the guitar that I, I really love that DBX unit. And then from there it goes into, uh, I'll typically use some kind of overdrive um, for just more like a line boost for leads. So it's generally it's a GTOD, but I'll have the game. It's an MXR GTOD and I'll have the game turned pretty much down because I'm not really adding gain so much as You're I just, just need like, like a clean boost. It's just kind of a boost. And, and, and I like the way it sort of adds just a little bit of like kind of Bite. a little yeah a little cut with the yeah. with the single note stuff so you were the one that taught me that shit it's the that definitely sound better with that shit yeah it's that and then it's um we run a a, a carbon copy an mxr carbon copy delay which and, is awesome that's an yeah awesome those thing. are those sound great those man. really good nice yeah, they really hit the bullseye yeah. with and you're pedals. doing that for solo stuff like you feed in the carbon copy for most of the solos that you're so on. let me get to that. Let me get to the signal fast, and then I'll tell you about okay. that. So then, right. um, so then I have the uh, I have the the, <laughs> the EVH, the Phase ninety, but it's the EVH version. Okay, you know what I mean? The MXR, yep. that's the MXR stuff. And then that's um, just modeled after the really old one, right? Like it's just after that... the really old one. But yeah. I guess they did a signature model, Eddie Van Halen one, and that's just what they started sending me a long time ago. And I got, I, I dig it, so I just I got a bunch of those. Um, I think that's it, right? Is that it? And then the yeah. two, to the wah and then into a mesa boogie mark four um so and still well, mark four splits, ah, sometimes it's a four it's a five depends what continent i'm on kind of thing the last tour i was a four and a five um but it's always two amps so one they split one goes to um a, an enclosed cabinet iso cab yeah an, ISO, an cab. iso cab thank you one yep. an iso cab that's what i was playing and, and that goes to <laughs> brian griffin our front of the house engineer so he has his yep. own amp and his own cabinet because you know we're playing a shed full of fifteen thousand people. It's outdoors. He needs different frequencies than oh, I. Oh yeah, absolutely. On stage, I, I, right? Iso cabs are the shit, man. It's the shit because he can. He Brian and Brian's a guitar player. He's a hell of a guitar player. He was in Broken Hope. He's a guitar player. Yeah, Broken Hope, and he's got oh, great sweet. tone stuff. So he he's our sound our front of house engineer, yeah, yeah. right? So he'll come up and adjust my amp in my rig, but it's not my amp. It's his amp. And exactly. I don't care. And I don't care what he does. Yeah, this, exactly. Just your amp. Your amp. You know what I mean. And then the other amp, and both you guys know this because because you know you both know the other amp. The top amp is my amp, and that's me and Jake's amp, and and uh, that's dialed in to what I want on stage. And there'll be little changes and variances. The beauty is Jake knows like exactly what I want my shit to sound like. He knows what I want more than what I than I do. And well, Jake's he, been with you. Jake's been with you almost a decade, right? At this he's point, been right? a long time. Yeah, I mean, we we there was a little window where you know we had gone, we had shut down to record. He had to keep working, so he jumped sure. on with. Uh, he worked for he worked for Cedar for a while, and he was Cedar, working. That's right. Yep. For, he was with uh, with Miles for a while. He was with Alter Bridge for a while, and um, but he, you know he's come back, and Jake's you know Jake's one of my best friends, and he's a great tech. 
he plays guitar a lot like me like a lot like stylistically and his touch and his bends and all that stuff like and so it's easy for him to sort of ascertain like whether or not the response of the guitar and the amp are where it should be because we we sort of have a very similar style of playing and, he, and he's just worked with me for so long that he knows exactly what i want you were asking david about the um you know when i turn the this on or that on the other thing it, it's not just with Jake, it's with anybody. Cause I've had to have guys come fill in. Um, and I'm just like, man, if I, all my switching, everything but the wah is done back behind at, you know, at the rig. Yep. I'm, the just, rack, yep. I'm just like, man, just make it sound cool. I you know, if, <laughs> if you feel like there should be a delay on tonight during the little lead and laid the rest. Dude. Dude, so that's when, okay, like so just let's, jam let's, just like if when, i'm jamming when, then you're jamming and when, that's so, cool you know when i was your tech that's exactly what you told me you were like listen just make sure the, these certain pedals are on at this point but other than that yo go with it you know what i mean that's man. i remember you said exactly that so Where, when i see when art, i see, man this ain't science this is art yeah. when fun. i see marcus i am going to smack him because when he was <laughs> training me <laughs> when he was training me to fill in for you like I wrote notes like fucking crazy. He's like, right here, you have to hit this and then this. And I straight up, I had cameras videotaping. Yeah, and he dude, was doing his switches. You, bro, and it, you're so he, nervous. Was, he was hazing you, bro. When I went to work for Mark, uh, dude, it was basically like, okay, which songs have effects, blah, 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 these pedals. All right, cool. And that's, you know, he gave me that. Because there's not that many, but I, and I know your solos and shit. I know when they that's come the in. Thing. But it was when like, you come in, like if you came in to fill, even like, you know, Warren has, has, worked with me before but if we had a new set list or whatever i'd give you a set list on the left side of every song title i'll tell you what key the guitar should be tuned to yep. on the right side i'll have a note that'll say solo and if there's a specific effect i want on i'll let you know but typically if there's a solo on the only reason i'm giving you that note is when it's a guitar solo you can hit that gtod so yeah, i get that little boost. line boost the rest of it oh, shit. sometimes jake will be yo man did you hear what i did with the delay in, in that new song and i'll be like i know <laughs> Was it cool? Don't ever say that like, to yeah, him. Be that like, was really cool. I was like, cool. Be man. like, yes, I did. It was, did. Cool. It was <laughs> fucking awesome. <laughs> you just crushed his soul that day. He's like, motherfucker. Nah, he, he knows it. He knows it. He's like, you didn't hear it? I was like, is it cool? I'm like, do it again tomorrow then. I'll look out for it. Tell me, let me know it's coming. Remind me. <laughs> I, worked, I worked with you, what was it? I think 2012 it was, right? Yeah, I, I don't remember the year. I know we went to Taiwan. We were in Singapore. We did that show in Singapore with Priest. Um, oh, yeah. We did we, South we did, we did China. We did, we did South China. America. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we, we, did did, we did Korea. We did all that stuff. So. Yeah, we went to wow. Korea. We went to, yeah. we went to the Great Wall, man. That was wild. What was playing no, a show I wasn't in China? You oh, you weren't? Okay, that must have been the second that was a different time. Those, that, that, was, that was the first time we went. We just went to uh, Shanghai. That was it. Oh, okay. But that was the same trip we went to Taiwan, right? We went to Taipei? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Remember? Because for me, wow. that was like... That was, that was, yeah, I know. Yeah, those, for me, that was the first time back in Taiwan since like for 20 years. You know, you so said something I'll back. never forget. I still hold it so special, man. You you pulled me aside when we got there and, and you know, because you guys are techs, you work for different guys and, and all that kind of stuff. It's just how the business goes. And, and uh, you pulled me aside and you were like, yo, you're always going to be the dude that brought me home, man. Yeah, that's just like that. Break, <laughs> you know, I'm dude. almost breaking up saying it, man. <laughs> like, dude, it's was, true because like really I've never been to China, right? For one, and I was my first time there, and then Taiwan, dude. I've never I've been back there in 20 years. That's kind of where I grew up, you know, as a kid in the summers or whatever. Yeah, you know what I mean, so and that was it was crazy too because, bro, where we stayed at that hotel. Remember, I was telling you like where I grew up, my grandmother's place. Yeah, 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 yeah. It ended up being 
three blocks from our hotel. That, see, that's so not, man, like, that's dude, like the... This is like, it was meant to be, you know what I mean? The, the universe puts you where you're supposed to be. Yeah, man. so that, that was crazy. It's right? unique so, to play China too, right? Like that's not normal. I, I, I think it is, yeah. Um, I think it is. I mean, you know, certainly bands have done it, but it's, it's, a, it's a much shorter list of bands that have uh, gone in to play China than, than you would say, you know, maybe Japan or, or Korea or, or, you know, some other Asian countries or, or really anywhere. Uh, um, we, we knew at the time it was, it was cool that we were breaking in there and, and um, it's really good memories. We, we've gone twice, like uh, we've, we've gone twice to China. We've did it at least twice to Taiwan. Uh, it's been a minute. Um, just so you know dave i love taipei man this shows in taipei every tour every slayer tour dave china came up and it would go away like we're going to china oh no we're not going (laughs) it's it's not easy on the bands either right like there's a whole i mean it's got to be a nightmarish pain in the ass to even get all the gear in get the gear back out like it's not politics there's all kinds you know so it's not an easy gig that's cool yeah yeah Yeah, you gotta want it for sure um, but we, we've been some really, a, a lot of places that some of our peers ha- haven't been. We've been to India twice, um, which is- well, that's really even cool. part of the story I want to hear really about cool. Jake. Yeah. Because, a- <laughs> because right after Warren stopped working for you guys, that's when right. Jake started for the first time? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Armin passed away, so I, so, I yeah. had to go back to Slayer. So, okay. so we, we were, we were in, in South America, right? And, and um, you know, I- Armand, for your viewers, it was a beautiful, beautiful human being, man. Yep. Warren, Warren's best friend, um, a dear friend to me, a t- tech, uh, great tech, uh, funny dude, and he, 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 he just the funniest dude, man. And uh, Warren was working with me, and and our friend Armand passed away, and uh, it was very, very unexpected and it massive. First loss. day of the tour, man. First day of the tour. Massive. The first day, the, yeah. And massive the loss. Tour? The, the run American. we were on, I think, was quick. I think it was a week. Two weeks. Week. Two weeks. Was it right. two, yeah. 12, 12 was, shows or something like that. Yeah, yeah, so okay. it, wasn't, right. it wasn't a very long run. Um, so, you know, Warren went and, you know, did the funeral and, and was with the family and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, but so, so things rolled out and I, I don't remember the time frame in between. Jesus, blowing up. Um, I don't remember the time frame in between, but, uh, I needed a tech and Jake was, that's a whole backstory there, but Jake was a friend of mine, great guitar player, knew a lot about gear, had never toured ever. <laughs> and not only uh, never toured, like never he, had, he had never, he had never, never been, been a tech on, before, right? He had never been on an no, airplane. He'd never been on an airplane. No, never left Kentucky did. even. I don't no. think he'd ever been out of the state. I mean, right? he'd, been no. out of, he'd been to Ohio and West Virginia, but yeah, no, he wasn't okay. a big All right. traveling. <laughs> Very, you know, I don't want to undersell him. Incredibly smart dude. Oh Great yeah, he's fucking player. awesome. Yeah, a lot dude, about. But so, he, so he's working out. I don't know how much detail we should. I don't. I don't want to let go too much. But he's working for a major company um, that we would all know the company, and he has a managerial position. He has a good job, and he's miserable. He hates it, and he's been there a long time, and he feels like he's kind of peaked out with his ambition for that job, and it's paying the bills, but he's just miserable. Um, he's got a beautiful family and, you know, him and I were talking periodically and I was like, man, I need a tech. It's so hard to find a tech to stick. You know, it's like, I just can't find a guy to stick and stay. Either the guys have bigger gigs that they're doing or or I can't afford the guys or, or the guys that, you know, 
it's just not just not working out and uh for whatever reason and i was like you want to be my tech and uh he he was like are you serious and i was like i don't know <laughs> i think so and um full disclosure um you know i'm a clean and sober guy now i live my life that way and i i, I love it but that wasn't always the case <laughs> not even remotely <laughs> so this was back then so he was like are you serious and i was like i think so but i'll tell you what are you interested and he's like i think so and i was like tell you what let's sleep on this for a day or two and i'm gonna call you back in another in a couple of days and we're gonna re we're gonna re revisit this maybe with it when i'm in it you know after sure. i've sat you know sat through, through a couple of different frames of mine so i i, <laughs> I call him back I called him back in a couple of days and uh, and I was like, I'm still into it. And he's like, I am too. So, all right, oh. so speed it up a little bit. So Jake, no, that's decides, awesome. Jake decides to be my tech. And uh, it's a lot of guitar players dreams, man. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> well, I was nervous and so was he, we were both nervous. And yeah. he, quits. <laughs> yeah. he, he quits his job. He talks with his wife, of course. It's good. Married, does he have kids? Married, oh, yeah, dude. married oh, two yeah. two beautiful children, lovely Jesus. wife, um, full corporate family, thing, like, family man, corporate yep, job, yep. massive company. Walk like you know, that. he wasn't like a CEO, but he had a good good job, paid the bills, owned his home, supported his family. Quits wow. that, quits that to join the circus with me <laughs> back then, <laughs> and uh, never been on an airplane. So he he fly, he flies to Virginia and uh, Hoogie, who was our stage right tech at the time, um, was gracious enough to come here as well. Um, and that was really great of Hoogie. And Hoogie kind of showed him like just sort of how it rolls during <clears throat> yep, the during a show. Like the, you know, just just so to get a little level of familiarity. Jake knew how to work on the stuff. He was at home as he had already sure. been doing this anyway. But he was at home like tearing down guitars, rebuilding them, rewiring everything. He can do all that, but you know, it was just kind of show him like what it looks like, how it's going to be when you get in the thing. Yeah, so it's a that, world that was stage. Yeah, yeah. So we did that here, and then cool, you got you know figured out the signal path, how to wire the gig, all that. So anyway, we were supposed to go to Europe and then come back, and he was going to start in the U.S. But whoever I had lined up for Europe, and I don't remember who it was, it didn't, it didn't have, it didn't work out. They bailed, or I, I don't, I honestly don't remember. I don't even remember who I had lined up. But so I called Jake and I'm like, yo, I, you know, we might, I guess I just need you to jump right in here. <laughs> <laughs> so his first gig is going to be in Bangalore, India. <laughs> and uh, oof, oof. He's, he's been on an airplane once and that was to Virginia from Kentucky, <clears throat> back to Kentucky. So he, That's he, like an hour. <laughs> yeah. So he gets on a, he gets on the airplane um, and he flies, and it's, I, I don't remember what month or whatever, but there was bad weather. He fly, they lose his luggage. He, they, he stays overnight, misses his connection. So the next day he's in London with no luggage, and then he, he, he's a day late. He gets to India. This is like his second trip ever, right? He gets to <laughs> India. He, uh, he didn't have the right paperwork somehow, or something was wrong with his visa. He literally, like, there was a guard, some one of those guys, and Jake had, like, a 20 or something or a $50 <laughs> or something and just kind of showed it to the guy and the guy took it and let him through. Like it was really like, Holy that shit. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. I'm not making this up. And, uh, 
Yeah. And so not like he, he knows how to deal with customs officials. Like he's, no. he doesn't know how to travel at all. Right. <laughs> and he would have been, you know, like you guys know, he would have been oh, shit. With the band and crew and a tour manager. Sure. All going through with Somebody the right. managing it. Yep. Right. Yep. Paperwork and stuff. Like that. But now he's split off. He's separated from the group and he's by himself in India. Like, you know, <laughs> Jay, you know, from Kentucky. <laughs> so he gets to India. And he's daily. a big dude, too. So, like, if he's standing in the airport in India, he's what? At least six inches taller than everybody? Yeah, and he's not <laughs> 10. <laughs> unique, Jake's a not unique to looking guy, only, not too. Indian he's, guy in the whole like, place. <laughs> you know, he's bald. He has a br white, long beard. Like, he's a, yeah. just, a handsome devil, but a very unique looking unique looking cat and so he he gets he gets to india he makes his you know the universe puts you where he's supposed to be so he, he made his way through um and he he teched a, a show in bangalore india in front of like i don't know we probably had four four five thousand people that night and, same day uh, uh i think i think it was i think he got there uh, you know, the, the afternoon before the show the next day, but you know, super okay. spun around jet lag. Yeah. Yeah. But he, he did the gig and yeah, um, the jet lag that did he even, did he sleep that night? I mean, did he, uh, probably, you guys not, have a, like, probably you know? not. I don't think so. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I mean, Dave, just figure it out, bro. That's, that's welcome to the world of touring, dude. Like, stress yeah, alone, like I, oh man. <clears throat> Sleep but later, we, you know, we got we, a gig to go. We got a gig to do right now. That was the we hardest like, part, man. It's the hardest part. That's <laughs> and so he pulled that shit off. Crushed he it. He he did. We went from and then we played India and then I think we went to like to Tel Aviv and we did a show there that was great. And then we Jesus. went to we went like Bangalore, Tel Aviv, He's my idol. Athens, Greece were his first three shows. And then uh like a weekend, I think the next weekend, we were main stage download. So he, you know, he's wow. his his fifth or sixth show, um, like in his first six to ten days was like rock and ring, rock and park, and main stage. Those are like the biggest festivals in Europe, bro. Festivals themselves, festivals themselves are fucking brutal. There's there's Jake, and and those are his first week of shows, bro. The rock and ring, rock and park, main stage download. I'm not talking about the ten. You know. You found your guy. Like this is the guy, bro. Like yo, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. If you can do that, you know, um, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, those it. are the worst shows. The worst experiences I had were all at the festivals. It's just like Jesus, fuck. This is fucking horrible. And for him to go there, like, I mean, for him to come out of a corporate job and go right into that. The, the best part about European festivals, it's like heavy metal summer camp because you get to see everybody. You see everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's cool. Tour, bro, you're playing with everyone you haven't you normally wouldn't tour with or you wouldn't see. You get to see everybody. And that's the best part, right? It so, is cool. It is because it's really yeah. kind of a small world like that we're sure. in. Sure. You know I mean, everybody Fuck knows you. everybody. And when you've been around like, you know, like me and Warren have like we've all worked together and, and the crew get you know, everybody knows everybody. Well yeah, like when we met, we basically we had a mutual friend, right? And then yeah. basically we like through that, we just would say hi to each other, and then from that, we just became friends, right? We found, we then, started, you know, and we started realizing we had a bunch more mutual friends. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then, um, you know, we did the couple of uh, what was that? The first Unholy, right, with Lamb of God Slayer. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Mastodon, right? That was a was how fun was that tour, right? You know what I mean? Totally, so, man. Yeah, there yeah, was. Dude. It's uh, it's really a small world, and you get yeah, you make some real friendships, man, and 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 we all relate on that level because we're all like. 
you know, it's such an insane lifestyle. And we, we, man, we, we all sacrifice so much away from our children, away from our loved ones. You don't sleep. Yeah. Two, three months without sleeping in your own bed, dude. And, and that's, you know, you get used to it, but it doesn't make it any better. Just being, (laughs) being used to it doesn't make it like, you know, and, and, I, I I hesitate to to like talk about touring like that to like civilians because they don't understand. They think you're complaining about you know to them that's the dream. You see the world. You're playing rock and roll. Uh, what what, what uh, could possibly do? No, that's you? one hour of the day, bro. That's yeah. one hour of the day. There's no, no hours it, of the day. If you're a tech, I gave it I gave it a couple because the show right. You got a couple hours of the show and like if you love all the opening bands and then you get the 20 minutes of line check. So it's like two and a half <laughs> hours out of 24 that don't suck. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's cool. But the thing about it is, man, I'll sit here and say about how much, you know, it's, 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 it is a hard, we make a lot of sacrifices and, um, but then when it's, when you don't do it, like we've not done it, you know what I mean? It's like, this shit's in your blood. You're like, I, oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, I, I told Brittany like a couple of days ago, like I need to go somewhere. I'm not used to sitting still this long, you know, like I'm not, I'm, I mean, I, you get used to waking up 500 miles away from where you fell asleep, man. And, and, and it's when, you know, you guys know too, when you get done with a long tour, it's almost like that, you know, momentum, like centrifugal force or something. Cause like you stop, but you feel like you're still going because you're so oh, yeah. moving, 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 moving. And then you just stop. And it's like, you feel like you're still sailing, man. It's a, dude, it's a, at, at, it's a at real head point, trip. Dude. I would come home and like, like the first day I woke woke up at home, the first thing I would do is wake up and be like, did I miss boss call? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, what, yeah. catering? Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I would freak out like, for a few days. What's too. wrong with you, man? I'm like, oh, all right, I'm home. Like, you know I know, I mean? yeah. I Mark's used to, right. I wouldn't sleep. I wouldn't sleep like usually the first night. Like I would get home and whenever it was, it's usually in the evening from wherever I was. And that whole night I would just kind of wander around and just like, Look at stuff. Take it in. Stay up all night. Take it in, bro. Yo, when I first moved into this place, I I am now, bro. When I came back after the first run, I forgot like what I had unpacked and where everything was. (laughs) I was like, yo, (laughs) like you know what I mean? Like, what is? Oh yeah, all right, cool. Like you know, it's crazy. And driving, yeah, Warren. I don't know. I don't know. Do you have a car? You live in the city. You live in New York City. No, not anymore. Yeah, you don't need a car. Getting back in the car and driving is getting back in the car when you've been like on tour for like two months and I drive on tour anywhere and then like I get home and I'm driving a car. I'm like, this is weird, man. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It feels unnerving. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it does, man. (laughs) But you do start to miss it. Like Bethany would say, like every time I would start to go back out, she like after about day five when I'd be like, oh my god, this is the worst fucking job ever. (laughs) Like mostly because Warren and Royce would make it suck. She was like, she was like, I want to record this right now because I know that like a month after you get back home, you're gonna be like, man, I can't wait till that shit starts back up again. And she's like, I'm just gonna record this and play this for you every time. You remember how you sounded on day six? <laughs> <laughs> well, you were almost like the same situation as Jake, bro. Like just jump in the fire dog have out. Yeah, yeah that's right you just kind of got thrown to it and i'll be honest <laughs> oh, hold on mark he didn't get thrown he volunteered i volunteered i did oh, it was okay. a little different i i'd throw i threw my hat into the ring that's part of why warren was so relentless is i was like yo was yo put me in coach put me in i was skeptical i was like how's he gonna do that man not <laughs> even thinking that i did the same shit to somebody <laughs> it's true i remember you on the first day when i was sitting over there and i was fucking with the guitar you're like 
you're the tech now, huh? And I'm like, yeah, man. <laughs> I was right. like, I'm sitting here doing You're like, all right. And, and see you tonight. <laughs> Hope I see you tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's just awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. why I was so endeared to Jake when I heard his story. It was Randy that told <laughs> right. me the story right. when we were out eating one time. Like, he was like, well, you know, Mark's tech kind of has a similar story and like told me and I'm like, holy shit, this is a fucking nightmare. Just to wrap the Jake story too. When did he get his fucking luggage back? Did he get it while you guys were in <laughs> India or did that like, cause it could continue on, right? Like it could arrive the day after y'all leave. And then it's like, <laughs> oh, yo was. shit, we're in so, Tel Aviv. Remember, Send it to Athens. <laughs> so, so, right. On that tour, right? You remember we did that show. I don't know if you remember, we had a show in Germany with Slayer Lamb of God. It ended up getting canceled. Remember? I, I remember there being a yes. I right. Do so being and that day we you know we saw the guys and they you know we heard about because like, Brian had lost his luggage as well, right? Okay. Brian Griffin. And yeah. we ended up do we ended up giving him like socks and underwear, like shirts, all kinds yeah, of shirts. Stuff. Yeah, shirts. Everybody's wearing Slayer shirts. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were just giving like, bootleg bootleg Slayer shirts that got collected in the parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, we literally heard the story and we all were like, we all went to our suitcase and started pulling stuff out. Like, here you go, bro. That's the yeah. worst thing. <laughs> that's, <ever. fucking> <laughs> that's how the that's how that world is. That everybody looks out for each other. The, it's funny you brought up Brian and I remember the fact uh, Jake told me, you know, because. Uh, Brian, our tour manager, he's our tour manager in front of house guy. And he, uh, he's quiet. He's real quiet. Like he doesn't yep. talk a lot. I'm not sure he's ever spoken a word to me and I've and, been on three <laughs> tours with him. And, and, and he's like, he's not like a scary looking guy, but you know, he's a bigger kind of guy and he's got glasses and he's just kind of, he looks like he was probably a linebacker on a high school football team. You know what I mean? And uh, he's got, you know, all black He's a death metal guy. And he just doesn't say a lot. And uh, Jake, <laughs> told me when we were first out of that first tour he's like i don't i don't know if ryan likes me man i'm like why he's like i don't know he he i don't know i just don't think he likes me and finally like about two weeks in he's like ryan griffin spoke to me he told me I was doing <laughs> he told me i was doing a good job <laughs> <laughs> he's still he's like man i thought brian was gonna send me home every day the first day <laughs> like now nah, so, you're good i don't know if we should tell this story but dave uh, so when um when i went to work with mark right like i had you know whatever word got out we got on the phone together and and mark said okay hey you know you want to come work with me like, yeah great fuck yeah let's make this happen so <clears throat> what'd you say you had two stipulations right you were like uh don't don't leave me hanging and uh, I, I wasn't allowed to beat anyone up, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, really? You couldn't beat anybody up working yeah. for Morton? But okay. it didn't work so, out. It didn't. So, so, <laughs> yeah, of course not. Of course not. <laughs> so, so we get to Japan, right? And it's Brian Griffin's birthday. You remember the story, right, Mark? I remember the story. So, I'm sitting there, whatever. And uh, I guess at one point, um, uh, a friend, we, a friend of the band, we're in Osaka, right? right? In yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Brought out the uh, cake through the crowd to bring to Brian, right? Like the band stopped, everyone's singing happy birthday. Like, you know what I mean? I, I wasn't, I knew that wasn't happening, but I was like back there too. I was doing stuff. I was busy, you know, whatever. And apparently some dude like knocked over the cake. Was, it was like, a girl. We had, we had a pretty girl with the birthday yeah. cake coming yeah. through the crowd. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the dude. Some big, some some big dude. European dude. Yeah. Knocked over the cake and was like, you know, this isn't a birthday party. This is a He's like, show. oh, like on purpose. It wasn't like he bumped into her. Like yeah. he, yeah. Yeah. So somehow, no. whatever, you know, they got the guy back, whatever. So next, you know, you know, the band starts playing again, right? And I'm, I'm doing stuff, whatever. And who comes? In who was playing so, then? Like Lamb of God was on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. We're, 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 we're actively teching. 
Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he should have been. The shoulder, and he's like, yo, come with me. I'm like, I'm kind of like, yo, what's up? Like, he goes, yo, yo, Campbell Willie wants you over here. I'm like, what? And I start, we walk off stage into the hallway. The band's still playing, right? So we're like in the hallway and where merch is. And, and this guy is up against the walls. He's huge. Uh, like he was a European guy, right? And all these Japanese people are surrounding him, like they're, you know, talking to him real nice, you know? And Hoogie walks right up to him and goes, yo, you got to get out of here, right? I had no idea what even happened at that point. I just walked like, what's going on? <laughs> and then next, you know, you know, the guy goes, fuck you to Hoogie and starts saying something. And before, obviously, he could say, you know, finish the sentence, he, you know, he got laid out, right? So, something happened, yeah. Something happened. Something happened. Yep. They dragged him out, right? So whatever, we go back on stage, finish the thing, whatever. And at one point, I'm like, dude, I think I just got in trouble, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I don't think I should. Like, I'm not supposed to have done that. Like, probably, you know? probably not. You're in a foreign yeah, country. Like, Wait, uh, and it, how was, big was he? Like, I mean, because you're not uh, a like, tall dude. He was, no, he was like six foot. I had to jump up to, to, to reach him. Right? So, <laughs> I had to leave the ground. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. So, um, it's so, fucking hilarious. So I'm kind of like packing up and I'm just like, Oh, Wait, dude, did he like, hit the ground like a sack of potatoes too? Like he just fell? No, no, he didn't. But he kind of backed up and was just like, "Oh," and then started bleeding. Right, so he knew it was over at that point. <laughs> Something happened. <laughs> so, but then you know we go back and so we start break, we break down the show, Classic. whatever. And then I'm like, dude, I'm like, oh man, I I gotta go, you know. And I think at one point, like Willie or John came over and was like, "It's cool, don't worry about it." Like, cause I was just, I was like, dude, I'm. I just got fired. Yeah, because what happens in, in <laughs> like, you know what, what I mean? happens like, in Japan I'm not for to do that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, it had to have been a proud moment for you, Mark. <laughs> uh, well, you know, we, we had to make an exception that night. It was, yeah, uh, I mean, was that the only one. one? Was that the only? Uh, yes, you know, yes, knockout? that was the only. Yes. All right. Yes. I mean, you did good then. You did great. Yes, I was, very, dude. I was under contract. All right. Verbal I mean, group. there was a lot of times. <laughs> there was. I. I've been in many experiences. It was several, like per leg. <laughs> like there, there's been several per leg before. <laughs> there's a lot of people that just don't know the rule. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just some gotta, people, you know. some people don't know how to respect boundaries. So sometimes they need a hard boundary. It's it's true, and I I get it. It I think I was standing next to Willie one night, and it was fourth or fifth night Tekken. Uh, and and I was like, what the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> I was like, I, I'm like I'm just a normal dude, right? Like I I love playing guitar and sitting at home. I was like. People are getting their fucking. I'm pretty sure it was the night the guy swam across the river and shit, right? And like there was a brawl. Yeah, there was a brawl. Some dude swimming across the river. Like there's fucking police activity and shit. And I'm like, yo, why? What am I doing here? Like I'm Slayer crew now. Like what yep. in the fuck Welcome is to going it, motherfucker, on? Willie like, laughed. He's like, I know what you're saying. <laughs> Where was the river? Where did someone? That was in Toronto. Remember that dude jumped <laughs> in the river and he tried to like swim across the river to get into. He had gotten booted like, out or something it. and like swam uh, yeah, back yeah. across or something. It made the yeah, news. Yeah. Like I think I heard. I remember. News article. I don't think I yeah. saw it, but I heard about it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Just utter chaos. Chaos. <laughs> Welcome to heavy metal, bro. No <laughs> doubt, man. No doubt. <laughs> So, That's all right, well, let's let's uh let's talk about I guess the new record then, right? So okay, um, <laughs> bro, it's fucking amazing, right? It's very good. It's uh yeah, it feels good, man. Um, 
it's funny because we're so close to it. You know what I mean? Like we, we work so hard on these things, man. Like just top to bottom. We really, um, it's never phoned in. It's never matter of fact. It's never, um, well, we've got these songs left over. You know what I mean? It's nothing like that. Like we, we take, we really treat, we really treat every, uh, every new release. Like it's the most important thing we've ever done. You know what I mean? Cause in a lot of ways, I feel like it is, you're really only as good as your last album. Sure. Um, I mean, you know, it's, it, it's, uh, it's our first album with art playing drums so that, you yeah. know, we were obviously all very kind of aware, you know, of course we were aware of that, but we were aware of this, the extra scrutiny that it would get based on that. Um, yeah. And that was cool. That fired us up. I think that was a good thing. Um, and art's kind of enthusiasm and his energy was definitely uh, contagious and, and exciting for us to see him. Um, that was the case on the you know, road too. It seemed put, like put on the spot like this, like you know. I he, mean, dude, he was into it, bro. I I remember the first and, day. I remember just like like yeah, him, like, would, yo, good luck, bro. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, he, he yeah, and he's fire. like throwing up in a five gallon bucket right before we play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's good shit. Um, it's good shit. Yeah, and and he he did he's done a great job. So uh, you know, it's it's cool. I'll be honest with you guys, man. I don't, you know, I've been there for every album um to some degree varying degrees but i've been there for every album and uh i i don't think we've <laughs> ever had uh, a reception quite like this one. it's never been this well received you know oh that's when, cool when we put out an album like sort of critically i mean they're usually you know we 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 put out albums and we i feel like we have a really strong kind of work ethic and we have a solid uh, kind of quality control we, we we have a we have a good discography you know what i mean a good solid I mean, you've had them debut pretty high too right chart wise I mean, and all chart wise that? for sure but in terms of like it's the reception of the fans and uh the, the kind of the critical response it's never been more positive than it has been on this album so far which feels kind of crazy and cool eight albums into you know our career yeah it's fucking stuff. awesome well so well, I mean, can you walk you us think, a little well, bit through do you, do you think it has to do with like like you said with art because i remember first couple of shows you guys played man you 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 especially you mark you had a, a grin from ear to ear man <laughs> like it, it, you know what i mean that that's a part of it yeah i mean i think it's been uh warren's there have been so many uh you know and everybody can say this as a person certainly every band can say this but we've been through a lot of challenges and a lot of uh ups and downs and a lot of difficult experiences over the last you know 10 years particularly as individuals, as a band, as an organization, all that stuff. So, so by the time, and you know, losing uh, Chris in, as a band member um, was not nonchalant. It wasn't matter of fact. It wasn't, um, it wasn't easy for anybody involved. You know what I mean? It, it wasn't um, a frivolous decision on anybody's part, you know, the way it all played out. So it was real heavy, man. It was a heavy thing you know, that's, that's Willie's blood brother. And, it, and, yeah. and, and, and Chris, you know, we, we were all a family and, and we still are as far as I'm concerned. And, um, but we've been in a band, you know, I've, 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 I've been friends with Chris since I was 17 man. we used to smoke weed in his room and listen to Danzig and, and, you know what I mean? And, and play guitar. Yeah. And shit. Reaper. So yeah, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know you guys love the weed. Um, <laughs> But I'm saying like that, that wasn't an easy situation. You know what I'm saying? So like to, to, to find ourselves now having spent a year and a half on the road, um, largely with Slayer and, and fine tuning 
uh, with art and, and getting him worked in and, and kind of getting in a groove as a band and then being able to take that groove and put it in the studio and write these really special songs together. It was a kind of a, a monumental moment for us. It felt um, like we could breathe again after all that stuff. Um, and it was fun and we were happy. And I think that kind of energy, I mean, at the end of the day, like there, there is a human component to these records. And so the vibe translates and, and it, and it wasn't an anxious vibe. It wasn't, an That's what I mean. like, yeah. it wasn't a vibe of infighting. It wasn't a vibe of egos or people fighting for some kind of position or, or fighting for, to get their song on the album or whatever. There was none of that stuff. It was like a real collaborative, um, team effort and i think that vibe is part of what's you know what you're hearing what the energy is that people rea are reacting to like you just mentioned um as far as guys getting songs on the album how does that normally break down versus like one guy writing a riff one guy writing this entire song like i mean how does that go down it's it's so th the beauty of it is is there's no um and you know without going into too much detail a lot of bands there's some bands there's a there's a financial motivation toward getting so-and-so's song versus oh, okay. so-and-so's songs. We don't gotcha. have that. That's not a yeah. factor. Yeah, you guys our... don't take credit. That it's all Lamb of God, at least on album credits for once. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. right. So there's, it's not a factor. There's not a, there's not a financial catalyst or motivation for uh, one song being the single or one song you know, being the bonus track or, or whatever. It's all purely based on like what, what we feel like the, the album should sound. So all, all creative-based decisions. Um, that said, it's changed over times. I mean, uh, there was a there was a time. The first couple albums, um, you know, Willie and I were just kind of mashing riffs together, and 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 those that's how the songs were going. And then around Palaces into Ashes is when we Willie and I kind of started. We we always did the collaborative stuff, but we started writing our own songs too, and bringing in entire basically pieces of music and saying this is the song. And it would move around a little bit, but it would usually a lot of times stay true to the original demo we brought in. We still do that, but I would say starting again at like Storm and Drown, which was the last album, and definitely through this new one, we kind of deliberately went back to like, instead of me like bringing in a, a four minute piece of music that had an intro, a verse, a chorus, a bridge, a verse, a chorus, double chorus out, guitar, so, you know, having that on the demo, we I would just kind of bring in a couple riffs Put together and willie would do the same and we would start trying to see what what kind of gelled together so um oh, that's cool yeah so it i guess my, what i'm trying to say is it, it it's evolved over the course of this 20-year career um there have been times like you know the, the album resolution i think it's got like 14 songs on it and and if it's not that it's 13 it's like too long and honestly three or four of those songs just aren't aren't our best work and that to me is like a, 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 a real like tangible example of us not being in a vibe where we could really make like this, like humble creative decisions. That was like, we were all fighting for this song or the other song for whatever reason. And uh, so we just kind of threw them all on there. And now that, that makes the album not as good. You know, more material doesn't make for a better album. It's like, it's, it's about how it flows top to bottom. So, you know, we made mistakes along the way, but we learned from them. And um, I don't even know what the 
fucking question was, but that's I mean, it was just about how you guys bring the songs to the table. I'm the one. Like, I'm yeah, the one that does. You answered it. And you answered it. <laughs> you answered it. It was about bringing all the, the potheads, and I can't remember how, what the fucking question is. Well, because I had heard some of Willie's riffs early on, like he was previewing some of them for me, and I heard it, like, and I hear those obviously coming to the table. I just remember. I, yeah, you know, I, I think everybody. Yeah, he would sound check a lot with with new riffs and and that yeah. kind of thing. I remember, yeah, he was doing that. Yeah, it's fucking um, awesome. Yeah, he was and this trying, was the first was time trying you to guys fire recorded. Me up, trying, trying to get me on my toes or whatever. <laughs> uh, first time recording at six oh six at Grohl's place. Yeah, it was. It was. That was a cool spot for sure. Yeah, really cool uh, spot. Really cool spot. And the first time in a really long time that <laughs> that the the whole band was together. Um, we we very you know the last few albums at least were recorded in shifts where um you know willie and i willie and i usually come through together you know but then you know campbell will cycle in and out and and you know who you know chris or whoever's you know well it was always chris but drum, drums are done separately and that kind of thing and this this time we did we were all you know you saw you were there uh, yeah. we were all around and um i think that is too just that happened naturally but it was again uh a, okay, resu- a result of that kind of vibe that, that we have going on right now. That's awesome. It's spectacular. Let's let's you know, let's get into your uh, your solo stuff real quick, man. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'd love to, man. Love to. Cool. Well, uh, all right. So, like, how did that idea? Did you always know? Like, did you always know in the back of your head? Like, hey, I want to do some solo stuff. How did that come about? Like, I think I always knew that. Yeah, I wanted to do something that was outside of Lamb and. It was just mainly because I have musical interests that don't really fit into the the lane of what Lamb does, you know. Um, it, it it really, if I think about it all the way back, this shit. I don't know how long ago it's been now. Maybe shit. Maybe t- probably ten years ago. Maybe even better. I started doing some stuff that uh, Dez and I were working on some song. We had we did this thing called Born of the Storm, and the songs are on YouTube. You can find them. And we were writing songs together and cutting demos and stuff. And we had this idea of doing a side band, but it, and it didn't work out. Um, and that's cool. This, uh, some of the, a couple of the songs are really cool. Um, but that was sort of the beginning of me trying to like stretch out a little bit. And even though that didn't really come together any more than some demos that, that live on YouTube, that was kind of the, the spark of like, Hey, wait a minute. I, 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 I could do something that's, that's outside of this big, massive you know machine that is lamb of god yeah um, that, that i love so dearly but you know I, I feel like i could do something else so in the course of just writing like i do always writing writing songs there were these songs that were coming together that weren't clearly weren't going to be lamb of god songs just by the nature of what the style of music that they were and they were just sort of in a different pile and that pile started getting taller and i played them for josh and josh was like damn you got some good stuff here man you know, and so really, I was writing the solo album before I knew it was a solo album. I was just writing songs because that's what I do. How receptive was the uh, rest of the band to all the outside projects and shit? Yeah, they you and know, even management, right? Like, I mean, maybe outside of just the other guys, like yeah, I mean, just a- su- super supportive, man. No one's ever, that's no cool. one ever had. Uh, <clears throat> that's you know, they, I love those guys, man. Uh, those are my homies, man. Like we 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 all, you know, I love seeing randy do this stuff with bad brains and that's crazy you know cool and and his photography and and writing yeah, dave, his dave, sorry sorry to interrupt mark dave real real quick dave he actually like sang with the bad brains a show and some it was like a secret show and some art yeah, yeah, show yeah. In New I, York saw, I saw some clips of it yeah 
He's done yeah. it. He's he sang somewhere else too. He's done it a couple times, and and yeah. um, you know, doing doing his photography. He's such a phenomenal photographer, and uh, yeah, and, he he turned me on know, to a lot of cool shit. On that yeah, side. and so that's Randy's outlet, and he's a super creative guy, and I love him, and I I, I want him to do all that stuff and explore all that stuff, and it's good for the band. <laughs> You know, not only is it good for my dear friend Randy to get that, be able to explore that stuff and, and engage in it, good, good for him as a person, and he's my bro, and that's what I want. But it's also, you know, good for the band. It, it's just more, um, more creativity floating around, and 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 more, more, more to the story. You know what I mean? It's cool. Um, you know, Randy wound up in the 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 inside of the the booklet for the CD and and the the. Yeah, he did. I'm sure the gate, he did all the, the gatefold on the LP. All the, the there's there's a lot of photos. There's a, a an individual photo to sort of as the background for each song, and that those are Randy's pictures, you know. Um, and why wouldn't they be? That's cool, yep. you know. Yeah, and so mine so, just got it, here today. Yeah, awesome. So so it looks great too. So they um they were all super supportive, man, about me doing that. And then you know we uh we ended up doing the song with Chester, you know, Josh and I were working on what was to become the solo project and we were just kind of listening to the demo. I was cutting a lot of the, um, the vocals cause we, I wrote a lot of the lyrics and we were writing the choruses and putting all that stuff together. And I was recording vocal demos of that. And we would sit back and listen, like who should really, who should sing the song? Always knowing that I wasn't going to sing the album. I did sure, sure. Song on the album, but you know, I was just cutting the demos and Josh was like, man, we got to get Chester on this song. And I was like, dude, I don't know Chester. I don't know how the hell we're going to get him. So, why don't we, why don't, you know, I'm like, let's aim a little lower. And he's like, no way we can get him. And, you know, Chester heard the song. He heard my demo of me singing, you know, the, the verses were blank, but he heard the demo of, of, with me singing that chorus. And uh, he loved the tune, man. And, and there, yep, you go. Look at, you there we are. Right there. And um, there's like a gnat. There's a gnat right in front of me. <laughs> uh, we're, we're the stoners. <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Bugs, man. Um, so, so yeah, Chester loved the tune, man, and that you know that became that was a really big moment, man. That that was a big song, and yeah. it, was, uh, it was. Well, you end up becoming pretty good friends with him, right? Somehow. We were cool. I mean, we didn't spend a lot of time together, but but we uh, we definitely bonded, and um, we shared some kind of experiences that we had in common and and we we, we co-wrote the lyrics to the song and we bonded over that about talking about what the sort of inner meanings of the things lines we were saying i was in the room um at the board when he tracked it at uh we were at nrg in north hollywood and uh we were yep. we, we were texting about doing some more stuff and um you know i don't know how much of that was going to happen or if it was just banter but it was, it was we had a lot of fun is i mean really it, that's the takeaway we we had a lot a lot of fun doing that and it was a it was a it was a cool moment man because by the time the song actually came out you know chester had been gone for a year and a half two years or so. i'm not sure exactly the timeline but it had been a minute um and the his fan base just the lincoln park fans nothing to do with people that came you know along with me from lamb of god but I heard so much feedback from like the diehard. There's a huge diehard Lincoln Park community. If you don't, oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. They're there, like a, <clears> there's throat> like throat> a oh, massive yeah. like loyal diehard fan base for Lincoln Park, and so many of those folks came to me saying, you know, on social media and, and what have you, saying like, thank you for that song, and it's so special, cool. so special to them. 
um, a, a world that really doesn't cross much with what I do, but they sure. were so, so grateful for that moment. And we had a big hit at radio. We were, I think we were, we were in the top 10 at terrestrial radio, like rock radio for, for a few number of weeks. And it was just a really cool moment, man. It was really special. Really special. Now, was there any issue about releasing it, like at that time? After, after you know what I mean? After it passed, was like no. And in fact, we had. Um, I mean, again, we. It was a while. It wasn't like we dropped it like right after he passed sure, away. Sure. That, that would have been weird. Um, yeah. And it, it was never part of the plan um, at all, and it wouldn't have been. But um, by the time it came back around, um, we had the support of Talinda. We had the support of his bandmates. Um, his his cool. his whole team was was behind it, and I think I think largely, um, you know, Mike Shinoda's you know sent me a note on on Twitter, you know, saying you know how great the song turned out, and and he was happy, you know, he was happy for the moment, and um, yeah. you know, and, and I think it was largely because they knew, you know, Chester really loved that song. He was really sure. proud of it, and Mike even said like he had played. Chester had played him the demo, like sitting in the car, like check this out, you know. So, so you know, the people close to him knew that that was a special thing for him, and and they were really, really gracious about how they allowed that to roll out. Because obviously, without their blessing, um, sure, it, it just wouldn't have. It just yeah. Wow, it's amazing. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I mean, so then that it, that then evolved into the acoustic project that got released at the top of this year. It did, yeah. So, so I did the anesthetic record. Um, and it, that was when was the anesthetic? I did the anesthetic album. Uh, it released in March of 2019, and then um, I did a tour for it. Um, I did a, a North American tour. I went. To, I went. Started in Virginia. Went up to Canada. Ended in. Uh, went through LA. Ended in Arizona, and then I uh, I did some some solo uh, some solo shows around the anesthetic tour that wound up being acoustic, and I liked it so much I decided to do an acoustic EP. Um, so did that. And that first show was out while we were on the road with Slayer around then, wasn't it? You were at least prepping for it then. I remember us talking about it. Yeah, we did. So uh, the first acoustic show, I the first acoustic set was at uh, Sonic Temple Festival um, okay. in Ohio. And I don't remember, that, that would have been, I guess, in the summer of 19. Um, yeah, that it was, was like look, either. We, we, it was an off date for you guys when you were on tour with us. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's what that's what it was. That's right. Yeah. Remember, and you I, came and grabbed. We we lent you. I used your guitar. Acoustic. That's right. Yeah, I used yeah. your little acoustic guitar. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Someone I, was like, "Hey, Mark needs an acoustic." You know, you know, we're like, "Yo, we got two of them, man." You know. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. I do remember that. That's when yeah, I was yeah. kind of prepping for that. And then I wound up playing at Download too. Um, there's like a Zippo tent at the Download Festival, just like a, a little like kind of Zippo uh, coordinated thing where they let like 150 people in to see a set and I did an acoustic set there. So coming off of that, I was like, man, that was really cool. And I was playing songs from Anesthetic that weren't recorded acoustic, but we were doing acoustic versions. And I was like, this is cool, man. I should record a couple of songs like that. That turned into the EP and that turned into me going back to England this past January, January, 2020 and yeah. doing like a, a, an acoustic tour of the UK. Like if you did, if you had told me I was three years ago or whatever, I would be doing this shit. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Was that cool? <laughs> so cool. So cool, man. Uh, you know, the, they were, it was all cool. The, the tour I did in the U.S. for the Anesthetic album um, was a full band. So I had Art Cruz on drums. I had uh, Nick Villarreal, who plays bass in Sons of Texas. He was my bass player. He's a phenomenal bass player. 
Um, Mark Morales from Sons of Texas was my singer, and he sang the whole album. Yeah, he's got a great voice. Great yeah, voice. He voice, sang yeah. Chester's stuff. He sang. There's a couple women that sing on the album. He did their parts. He did. He did a Miles Kennedy. Miles Kennedy's on my album. He did Miles. Yep. Stuff. He sang the hell out of it. And then uh, Doc Coyle from Bad Wolves and from God Forbid, you know, nice. early days. He was in my band too, so that was cool. And then when I went to uh, when I went to England, I took Mark Morales with me as my singer again, and I had a great guitar player named Joe Harvitt, who's from England. Um, he's become a really good friend of mine. He's a phenomenal player. So those shows were cool, man. We did like small places. We did like you know, academies in in England, and we did uh we did Underworld in London, and you know just kind of smaller clubs. And it was that's a, cool, man. Super cool vibe, man. Real <clears throat> dim lighting and like you know. Um, I should have given you guys a picture. I have a cool picture of us doing that. It was just a really like mellow vibe. And uh, it, it kind of had that sort of like, uh, it kind of had that sort of like Alice in Chains unplugged kind of vibe. Um, and you're yeah, playing, you uh, look at that. Yeah, that's cool. You're still man. playing the big guild. What brings you to a couple? So what makes you play the big ass dreadnoughts? I'm just curious. I mean, I don't know. What should I be playing? there's just so many many different you know like there's a concert size body because you're not a huge dude right and like i mean it's like a big kind of country guitar generally and there's like you know concert size and then there's Uh, like kind of the smaller size and well listen uh, dave dave no my man mark doesn't live by rules right (laughs) i don't i don't know so uh it wasn't conscious like i mean it's like like, well no i have one i so years ago um i I've been with Jackson forever, right? Not forever, but for a long, long time, for 15 years now. And um, Jackson, Jackson, Fender, Jackson, Bell, right? Jackson's owned by Fender. Right and, behind you, Dave, is uh, right there. It was one of his, one of Mark's. Uh, yeah, there's one of my demands, yeah. And so Jackson is owned by Fender. And although they no longer are, Guild once was owned by Fender. Okay. And when they were, I needed a nice acoustic. Um, in fact, the uh there's a song i think it's it's the beginning of the wrath album it's called the passing that's that guild acoustic so i need an acoustic they sent me this beautiful guild into grace right yes uh no it leads into uh oh uh yeah yeah uh in your words i think yeah 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 so um right so the acoustic thing they sent me an acoustic and and they sent me a guild d55 and i absolutely loved it so the same guild d55 you're hearing playing the passing is the same Guild D55 that I that I recorded the Ether EP with. Is yeah, the cool. same Guild D55 that I toured England with. Um, and the fine folks at Guild sent me a spare too because I actually I got over there and there was an issue with mine. The pickup had become unattached from the the base. It's you know, underneath the, the, the bridge. Yeah. Under the bridge of the guitar, so it was rattling and making a weird noise. And I didn't have tech because we were in a band and it was just a few of us. And my girlfriend was selling T-shirts. It was so much fun, dude. I had a <laughs> I had a I had a front of house tour manager guy, Brian Moran. He's great, and uh, he was my he did that for me on my solo tour of the states too. And I had uh, my singer, my other guitar player, and me and my girlfriend was selling T-shirts. And we were in a van and the, we were playing to like. 100 150 people a night in a little club playing acoustic sets it was awesome fuck oh, yeah cool. it was awesome i want yeah. i want to do that some more for sure i definitely want to do that some more that's cool is that gonna i mean so that may happen again i mean even for the u.s are you gonna rock some u.s dates I, for that know, i mean obviously some you know in 2022 some year i mean yeah who knows i mean we got some catching up to do with this lamb of god gig but um 
Yeah, I would jump at the chance to do that again, man. I, I really liked the vibe of that tour. Um, and it's cool because the solo stuff can kind of translate. Um, even the anesthetic record, a lot of that stuff can translate into acoustic songs. And of course, the Ether EP can because that's acoustic based. Acoustic, so. yeah. I don't think that's like all I want to do, but I love the idea that that's an option and that we can, you know, get into a small club with 150, 200 people in it and do an acoustic. <coughs> well, yeah, I mean, the, the Black Crow. Uh, the Black Crows covers fucking really good. Right? Yeah, we yeah we got uh, yeah. Lizzie Hale doing yeah. uh, she talks to angels. That one turned out great. Oh uh, yeah, great. dude. Yeah, uh, uh, I know that's like you know you're you're a big Black Crows guy, right? So, massive uh, Black Crows fan. Yeah, yeah for sure. Exactly. Um, yeah, and and I thought it was really cool to have. Uh, well, first of all, Lizzie sings the shit out of that song, man. Um, and it's cool to have a woman sing that song. Kind of gives it a different angle, different perspective, and I you know. Besides Lizzie, who's clearly the star of that that version of the song, I think the, the next up shining is Josh Wilbur. He's his mix on that is just just out of this world. His just the the way the tones he got and the way he put them together. His mix on that particular song I thought was nuts. It's crazy. Yeah, he's a how long did that take uh, to, to record? Gosh, we did that quick, man. I think uh, yeah that that whole. That whole EP we did, I want to say, in like a week. We did it in like wow. a week. Yeah, <clears throat> that's cool. Yeah, we did that. I mean, fast. even on the uh, kind of back to the current album, um, the Lamb of God stuff. It seems like you did a bunch of. There's a bunch of cuts of like pre-production sort of sounding um, riffs that like intro. Like I, I actually congratulated Campbell the other day on the the bass intro that actually is you. I know he's like, <laughs> he's like everybody keeps talking about this bass intro on uh on he was reality, like, just on so i'm not track. ignorant like please tell me which song and i was like <laughs> it was like this song dude and he was like yeah that's mark yeah. <laughs> he's like i'd love to take credit but like I it's can't. that is and it's funny i was trying to think of what i was like what else is a pre-pro thing besides the thing in the the, the skit it's not really a skit it's just like a snippet from pre-pro in front of checkmate yeah, um, checkmate. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's a real thing. Um, but yeah, the so this top of reality bath that is from pre-pro, and it's 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 me. So obviously, you know, for anybody that's a guitar player, I'm on the neck pickup, and I hadn't paid attention to the fact that my tone knob was rolled all the way off, so it sounds real like you know, yeah. And but it was just a scratch track anyway, so it wasn't a big deal. It was just kind of holding that place. And when we got to the studio. I recut it. I think I was still in the neck pickup, but I put the tone up and just got like a more traditional kind of like standard guitar sound and tracked it. And then in mix, Josh put it back and he's like, you know, Randy and I were talking about this. This is cool. Like your pre-pro one, that's all wonky and, and weird sounding. Yeah, um, awesome. I, was, I was like, it wouldn't be my choice, but if you guys think it's cool, you know, all right. And uh, people like dig it. So yeah. yeah, it's cool as shit. It does sound like it could be bass. Like I it mean, does JC, sound like it, it JC could be, was yeah. bringing some skills. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He does. He brings the skills. No, no. I mean, fucking Campbell's awesome. <laughs> I'm goofing. Hey, stand um, on the guitar geek shit. Can you show us like I, I what you got back there? I see at least uh, a, it's. A, yeah, I, I got a. a I got a couple things. Um, I'm gonna have to jump. In a, in a second but uh let me, okay, let yeah, me no problem. yeah yeah give us two seconds two seconds yeah let, i'll grab you something special hang on here all right all right <laughs> <laughs> look at you man <laughs> oh right. this one 
this is all over the new album and Storm and Drang, actually. This, so this is a one-of-a-kind um, Dominion. It's a Spalt. Spalt Spalt Maple. Spalt and Maple. Yeah. Even, even Tune on there? Uh, it's got yeah, yeah, it's, the Everton Bridge. It's got the, the Everton Bridge, and that's yep. why this is like one of the primary studio guitars, um, because they come in so handy for the studio because they literally do what they say they just do not go out of tune. Yeah. So instead of spending like, you know, a third of the day checking tune because you're committing, oh, yeah. you're committing the take, you know. So you yeah. know you don't want to figure out later that you, that you yeah. were you know a little bit out of tune and didn't notice it. So. These things like they gain your trust. This, these bridges, like it's just how hard like, is it to manage? Like, like I mean, I don't know. I don't really mess with them. <laughs> really? Like I mean, uh, I mean, did you set it up oh, originally, Jake. or did somebody oh, say, did Jake set that shit up for you? Actually, you know what? Josh set the first, set it up for me the first time because Josh. Yeah, will, Josh said he likes them. He he he, he loves them as, as a yeah. producer, and and you know he's pretty handy on anything. He's a professional engineer and producer, and he's like, trust me, dude, you're gonna love it. And I was like, all right, fine. So I sent this beautiful one-of-a-kind guitar. I was like, I'm really trusting you um, to get an Everton put on it. Oh, and I so that it. was originally oh. Jackson made that for you as a spalted maple with a stop tail bridge. Yeah, it had a stop tail piece. And then he was like, you know, we, we you know, pick one that we're going to use for the studio. And I don't know what the hell I was thinking, but that's the one I picked. Um, <laughs> the book I mean, came out great. It, it worked out, yeah, because we <laughs> it's been heavily featured on the last couple albums. So, so. is Jackson going to make those exotic hardwood tops as part of their customs because i know they make a quilted top for you right now right? yeah no that's a that that one's a one of one that was a request of mine um you know to do a spot one we're, we're doing a sexy um yeah what's coming next on that side we're doing a a a, re, a one of one uh walnut one um I forgot what, what do they call that walnut it's like a, a specific kind of walnut they're doing um it's almost done too because they were asking me about specifics about the pickup so i know that means it's coming soon um, I mean, that's, so, th so that'll be the next one and uh and i'm excited to get it. that'll that'll be coming that's one of the handmade you know from the custom shop i mean that's my last guitar geek question i guess is like what's it like as you go through the design process for your own custom model it's obviously like i mean you know it's very guitar hero-esque for one and then <laughs> two like it's just a cool it seems like it's an incredibly cool process and you actually create like for some guys it's like well it's sort of just like this other model and it's except we changed the finish and put a different yeah yeah, yeah. Like, now we, I mean, this we is started unique. with at zero more or less and uh like how cool was that it was pretty cool thing? i mean you know it was one of those things is uh next year will be the 15th year of dominion um we're trying to do something special for that um yeah. Not exactly sure what that's going to look like yet, but uh, we're going to do something cool to celebrate that. And uh, make sure no signature required, so the wife doesn't. It's know. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, right. It's um, you know, I wanted to make a guitar. If I was going to, even my mindset 15 years ago was, I wanted to make a guitar. If I was going to have a signature model that I wanted to play for the rest of my career, I didn't want to have three signature models. I didn't want to jump around from company to company. Um, I could have put my name on uh, a version of the Randy Rhodes V and sold a lot more guitars and gotten more checks in the mailbox kind of thing. But that wasn't really what I was going for. I wanted a guitar that I wanted to play. And I wanted a guitar that reflected the fact that as a player, I don't just play thrash metal. I play blues. I play... Yeah sometimes country i'll play rock i'll play clean stuff so i wanted a guitar that had the ability to do all those things 
Um, it's the kind of the same motivation I have with these amps where to me, the Boogie Mark IV and the Mark V both, the Mark series boogies have the, this versatility where yeah. I can play, uh, I can use this Mark IV over here to play uh, an arena with Lamb of God and I can also play uh, a, a jam blues with some buddies in a garage and, and still style it in to sound great. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, awesome. and, and so I, I wanted a guitar that reflected that, uh, that part of my personality as well. And um, that's, that's, how, that's how that developed. You know, that's why it's got the coil taps on it. And, and really the same thing with the DiMarzio Dominion pickup. I have a signature model pickup with DiMarzio that's in there. And uh, it's the same thing. It, it, it crunches it's a passive pickup i i only i don't want any I, passive is the way for me and it it has enough gain response that i can really get all the response and and shred and single note sustain and all that stuff i need for the high gain stuff but it's still dynamic and it still uh, responds to little tonal nuances um if i'm playing under on a clean setting or if i'm doing <clears throat> kind of a, a, a slower, more open bluesy kind of thing or classic rock kind of thing. So really that's the strategy behind all my gear, at least all the gear that I develop and, and, and all the gear that I, that's already developed that I pick is just, uh, does it have a real full spectrum of sound capability? That's awesome. I mean, cause you've yeah. never been religious about any one particular, right? Like you like the old strats, you like the tellies, you like Les Pauls. Yeah, I mean, in that sense, beyond like the signature model stuff, yeah, yeah. I, I love Les Pauls and 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 I think uh, Intellis as well. And I think if you really look at the the, the Dominion, you can see <clears throat> if the DNA is really a, a Telly and a and a Les Paul kind of shoved together. Yeah, no, that's, with, with yeah, the yeah. more kind of modern components of like sure. the neck the neck feel of a more modern guitar and it being neck through and some of those kind of signature multi scale radius and shit. Yeah, on it compound and, like, radius yeah, neck and this yeah. kind of signature Jackson um, yeah. sort of developments um, you know, that they have uh, and uh, yeah they make a great guitar man i mean you know i i've been there 15 years i i those guys have have had my back in so many ways even behind the scenes um i love working with jackson they're <clears throat> they're good dudes over there man wonderful people man mike tempesta takes great yep, mike, i was just gonna say mike tempesta, love mike um, yep. and uh, lo love everybody over there man and Really grateful, man. You know, Jackson guitar shit. That was like when I was, yeah. you know, talking about metal as fuck. When I was a kid, like, yeah, Jeff Hanneman and 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 uh, and Dave Mustaine, and and when I was growing up, seeing those guys playing Jackson, I was like, man, that's 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 it. And you know, here I am. I've had a signature model with Jackson for fifteen years, and and I really love the guitar. You know, I really okay. love the well, dude, well, listen, I know you got to go, but. Yeah. Dude, thank you for taking the time out to do this. It's been talk. fun, man. It's, it's, it's like we anticipated. It. It's just kicking it, man. So, yeah, man. Dude, it's great. It's easy, man. All right. Yeah, well. thanks for dealing with me geeking out. Hey, man, it's a lot of fun. I'm stoked for you guys. It's a cool thing you're doing, man. So thanks for including me. Yeah, I appreciate man, it's been the a blast. And yeah, thanks, brother. Well, congratulations again, man. See you soon. Thank yeah, you. Dude. So, yeah, anything you want besides, you know, the new oh, Lamb of God yeah, record, yeah. fucking go get that fucking right away. You know, help it get. Numbers, yeah, man, you know, right, so. support, support metal bands, man. They're out here working hard, whether it's my band or, or your, your local metal band or, you know, somebody making music, buy a t-shirt if you can, buy their album. When they start playing shows again, go see a show. Um, yeah, buy it versus what? stream it even, right? Buy like, it I don't versus stream it. Yeah, yeah I mean, just, it helps, yeah. helps the band or, or even, yeah, if, you know, even if you want We Look, we enjoy you enjoying our music no matter how you do yeah, it. Yeah, get it however um, you're going to get it. Get it, you how can, you get it how you, you live, can, buy it. But um, 
you know, if you want to stream it, buy a shirt, support your bands. They're out here working hard. And what would our life be without music, man? What would it be? Absolutely. Yeah, man. Other than that, man, take care of each other, man. Oh, yeah. I love both of you guys, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we love you, too. Yeah, you too, man. Tell Britt we said I'll be in touch, Mark. I will do that. Yeah, hit me up, man. Both of you guys. All right, later. Later, brother. Dude, he's all pro at dropping off that shit, too. Like, all pro. He's the only dude that's just like, boom. He's probably done 50 fucking interviews this week. Yeah, that's why. Poor guy's probably on fucking on Zooms and on, on phone call all fucking week, right? So oh, I got to charge my shit. Um, but uh, that was good. That was great, huh? It was really cool that you took that much time with us, too. Like, I mean, that, I, you know, I got 20 other things I would have wasted his time with. And, like, oh, but dude, it was good. He, I think we covered he, everything. Like, we hit. I mean, bro, he gave us the, the first week. I don't know how long record that was. came out. He gave us the actual, like, more than an hour of time to. Almost two hours. Yeah, great, yeah, hour, yeah. Uh, yeah, almost hour and 45. I mean, and we hit, you know, pretty much every topic, right? Yeah, you yeah, we covered it. We're like, I mean, hold on, you pretty much had all your childhood dreams answered, right, in this episode? Yeah, 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 yeah they're good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sure. Like, I was thinking back through them at a couple points, just being like, wait, wait, wait. All right, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> Again, I could dive into any of those for another hour, but yeah. Oh awesome. man. <laughs> good stuff he's, he's good to you man. man like i mean he's good people like good virginia yeah. boy right like, you know I mean, dude great band look listen they are um you know part of the next group of bands that need to um carry the torch right so you know what i mean keep keep heavy music going right so black yep. sabbath's gone slayer's gone bro someone's got to do it right their music makes me happy yeah and you know the guitar at the end of uh on the hook I mean, that semi-clean, that's just a spectacular sounding instrument. <laughs> I mean, are you sure uh, that's a guitar? It's not a bass or something else? It's my Strat, motherfucker. That's my <laughs> Strat. Have you not listened to the song, you jerk no, mo? I've listened to every fucking song except that one. That's some shit. That's how you treat your friends. That's some kind of friendship. That's how I treat you. It's not cool, man. It's not cool. Hey, man, just deal with it, bro. You and Royce both, man. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. Seriously, I was Yo, thinking listen. about the other day. You know, the one thing that really upsets me most about Royce is when he's right. Like, and there was a handful of those times. I was thinking about it earlier. Like, and it was like, uh, it's Austin, annoying. Texas? No, Austin, fuck him. Texas? He wasn't right in Austin, <laughs> Texas. That guy was a dick that day. He was just being a dick. I don't know what fucking burly, like prickly thing crawled up his ass, but he can go fuck himself for Austin, Texas. Maybe half of oh. it was right. Maybe it came from a true place, but it like half of this shit <laughs> yeah, was right wrong. Away. You changed your tone right away, bro. Right away, you changed. I thought about it a little bit. Like maybe it came from a true place, uh, but half of his shit was wrong, off base. Like eat a dick. Eat what a dick, are we gonna boys. do with this guy? We wasted <laughs> fucking eight fucking napkins on this fucking guy. Huh? <laughs> uh, Man, that was fucking good shit. Let's wrap this, dude. Like that was a good fucking episode. Like I mean, I'd, yeah. Mark is awesome. Like it, fuck you yeah. Know. And you know, and it really like. <laughs> Like it's, it's amazing that it just spews out of him in that way. Like then back to his solos and being a guitar geek for a second. It's amazing that it comes out that way. It's it's very disappointing to me that I've spent so much time analyzing the fuck out of it. <laughs> and I told you what and, did I well, tell and you? that's part of why I, I can learn you? one of his solos him? really quick because of that. Go, yeah. I don't know, man. I just shred, bro. <laughs> fuck. Dave, listen. It's called natural talent, right? And the guy obviously has a lot of it, right? So. 
there you go. It's really it's not, cool. There's no, not much thought into it. You know what I mean? He just kind of, he's very organic, you know? So you can tell, you can tell when it spews out of him, right? Like versus it being like a mechanical, like I learned this technique and now I'm going to spew this and spew this. Like it's, it's cool to watch. Yeah. So really cool. All right. We'll yeah. rock on. All right. Well, um, everybody, we'll I'm in. Shout out our uh, sponsors again, real quick, right? Yeah. We had Kaleidoscope. We talked about their shit today. Pitchfork, yep. New York. We talked about their shit today. Next time um, we'll, oh, hit, uh, we'll hit. Omerta. Randy was repping that shit hard on the uh, on the YouTube feed too. Yes. He had he had yes. the hoodie next to him. He had the Mad yep. Ball Omerta shirt on. <clears throat> repping hard. Always. It's good stuff. And then uh, Elite Cannabis Elite Botanicals, right? Hope at CBD. Yep, we actually have a Fourth of July sale on the uh, Hope at CBD site right oh. now too. That shit pops up when you jump on. Yeah, just to chill the dogs out for fireworks and all that kind of oh, thing. Nice. There's all actually, right. cool. uh, we wrote a big blog post on it. Um, the uh, the team over there is on like an ongoing blog, and there's like some research on calming dogs down, all that sort of oh, shit. Oh, cool. So, all right. Yeah, because there's been a lot of fireworks going on. Yes, sir. And it's about to start going crazy. There's always one jackass in the neighborhood that's just popping them off every fucking night. Like it's like it's cool, oh, like I mean, for a few days, but yeah, like randomly, I mean, you, it's I know like come you on. Live in, uh, you live in the mountains wherever you live, but uh, I live country. in the fucking middle of this fucking shit that's going on right now. There's fucking fireworks every fucking night right outside my window, dude. So, yep, <laughs> more ways than one. I mean, you never know. Outside your window, Ben Chen may come sliding around the corner in a multi-million dollar vehicle and smash into a variety of like... No, nah, because know, the cars in my cars. Aren't, aren't expensive enough, right? So for him to crash into, so... <laughs> I mean, he or, drove... You know what? He, he drove that what? thing up a fucking delivery no, no. van. It's not like Dude, it was expensive. He's going to drive by and he's going to smash into that Thunderbird I showed you the other day, right? That's that would be a travesty. That would be oh, a travesty. Man. That would be worse than his multi-million dollar, like, hey, I'm a rich guy, go buy this at whatever store. <laughs> that be, yeah, that would be way worse. Because the guy that has that took care of that motherfucker for the last, like, 60 years, man. Like, but he, he was, I mean, whip. it's parked in the same spot for, like, fucking two months, bro. Honestly, it would sketch the fuck out of me to park a car anywhere in New York. Like, those people do this. The only place I've ever seen that people put those drapes on the doors of the car and on the oh, bumpers so of listen, the car and shit. Like, it's like, like dude, if you're just day, expecting listen, that bro, to happen, take a fucking listen, cab. You know, back in the day, you would see, like, pictures of cars and, like, fucking these, these burnt-out neighborhoods with sitting on, on, on uh, pieces of uh, cement yeah, yeah, blocks, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, <laughs> so it happened the other day in front of my brother's place, bro. They did that. Really? They, <laughs> they took all the tires and put it on cement blocks, dude. <laughs> because people, you know, it's quarantine, right? People have been parked we've lived very different lives Warren Lee very different lives I mean you know what tell you bro look where I grew yeah, up I, mean, I know it's tough <laughs> you're in Queens <laughs> there's movies it's only tough for guys like it's only tough for guys like you for me it's just life dude, so. yeah yeah it'd be tough for a dude like me <laughs> 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 <It's> tough <laughs> alright cool